This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, and alongside me, as always, is Ricky Woodburn. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today we have a full slate. We're talking about LeBron's recent groin strain and how that's going to affect affect the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, that whole team's banged up. JaVale's out. Rondo's out. Now LeBron is out. So we'll talk about what that team will look like without him. Yeah. Then we're going to go into other injury news, kind of the more positive uh, news of DeMarcus Cousins is nearing a return soon, most likely in the month of January. And the Warriors are struggling right now. So we'll talk about what Boogie will add to this team and we'll, you know, if it will be a positive or a negative, because some people are thinking that he won't exactly fit on this team and they kind of need to get back to the basics and throwing in DeMarcus Cousins might throw them off. And then finally, we're going to do our wet boys in between. But then finally, our big topic will be Kevin Durant and the talks of him possibly being a Celtic, as Jackie McMullen said, she's hearing rumors that Kevin Durant might be intrigued by the Boston Celtics. But before we get into that, we just want to reach out and say, first off, happy holidays. Also, happy new year, because this is going to be our new year, uh, final episode of 2018, first of 2019 for some people. So happy new year. And then finally, uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate us five stars. We're trying to get up to 40 reviews on iTunes. So if you're listening, you got time. Open up that iTunes app on your Mac or, uh, you know, go up to, uh, you know, on your PC, open it up, type in the fast break and give us a rating. Or Five on stars. your phone. You can do it on your phone, Or you too. can do it on your phone. So there you go. So if you can give us the time and give us that rating, whether it's five stars, four stars, one star, uh, just give us the feedback. Uh, we, we appreciate the feedback, and it, it's pretty easy mm-hmm. and pretty quick. You're probably already done already uh, if you're talking yeah. to me because I'm just rambling. Uh, but let's <laughs> get into the big stuff. Let's get into LeBron James. Uh, pulled his groin on Christmas. Didn't matter. Lakers still won. Blew out the Warriors on Christmas Day. Steve McKaylee looked stupid good. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zubak uh, looked fantastic yeah, as well. Looked like a star. Um, can't he can't play defense? Uh, he had a couple. Are you blocks. kidding me? He, he had that one big block, but I yeah. feel like in the playoffs, oh my God, if he gets so playoff great. minutes, yeah. they're just gonna switch onto him and destroy him. But big Hell's point on against AD following that. <laughs> big point is that LeBron did have the groin strain. He's going to be out for multiple days. Didn't make the trip to Sacramento uh, on Thursday uh, with the team. So let's talk about how it will affect the Lakers. Right now they are in the playoffs, and you know they're going to be without Rajon Rondo, a veteran presence, without LeBron James, a veteran presence, without JaVale McGee, a veteran presence. How much is the injury bug biting the Los Angeles Lakers, and how much do you think it will hurt them? Dave, you go first. I strangely think this is going to be a great time for this young Lakers team because they needed time to give their young players that running room together because we've always seen that reluctance on LeBron to be in the game to close out games. And literally last night we just watched the Clippers go on a 21-0 run on this young Lakers squad. And it's like they need to experience that because they need someone else to step up on that team to make sure that, hey, we know the momentum's going. We've got to change things. We've got to fix up something. We've got to do something to get that momentum back. And by giving these young kids this, these meaningful minutes in the early to midseason, like that will pay dividends come year end in playoff time because we're seeing Lonzo two games post LeBron, he's putting up like nineteen six and five or something. Like he is having the impact that we had hoped to see out of Lonzo when he was first drafted. So I think it's a lot of positive, even though the record might suffer for it. But all in all, they should still be able to get to the playoffs by the time you know with LeBron coming back. Obviously, JaVale's uh, pneumonia and Rondo's surgery on his hand. We'll see as those come back. But 
I think it's I think it's ideal. Like there could not be a better time for these injuries to all happen. Yeah, right now they do have uh, him just out missing several mm-hmm. games, so we're not sure what a timetable is for him. Uh, Javale's day to day still with an illness. Um, and Arajan, uh, I'll give you out four to five weeks with that surgery to the hand right now, Ricky. Uh, they are twenty and sixteen. That is good for seventh in the playoffs. Only three and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets, but also uh, the Pelicans, who are in fourteenth place, are seven and a half of the uh, Nuggets. So a very tight knit mm-hmm. Western Conference. Probably won't change too much. They'll probably still be in playoff contention uh, with LeBron being out for you know X amount of games. But do you think it's a positive that he's going to be out? Do because not. Because guys don't. are going to get their experience, or do you think it's going to be a negative because obviously you're missing the best player? No, it's a for me it's a negative because like the first thing I thought of with like what Dave is saying, like oh we're getting these young guys to they're going to gel together, and I, the first thought I think of we saw this last year. Last year was supposed to be the year that these guys melded together. And they didn't make the playoffs. So it's like, for me, this is going to turn into, and I look at their next few games, without LeBron, Sacramento might be close. Give it to Sacramento again. OKC, this Laker team without LeBron is not going to beat Russ and playoff P. The Knicks, you could beat the Knicks. I'll give you that one. Minnesota, at Minnesota, Derrick Rose has been fire of late. I mean, this Timberwolves team looks like they're trying to turn it around. And then you go into Dallas to play Luka, who he's been on fire. That Dallas team has been doing really good as of late. I don't like the next few games for them, and I'm looking basically on a, like, yes, they're going to develop together. You hope that they develop together. Yeah. But for me, the whole point of this year for the Lakers was we have LeBron, we need to make the playoffs, and then show free agents the prime free agents that they can come and play with LeBron here and win a championship regardless of who's in San Francisco. But, I mean, again, we don't know how many games it's going to miss, and you're already saying, like, well, I'm know, just this, saying, this like, could affect free agency. Well, I'm just I mean, saying, like... back by January 6th, then it'll be fine. You miss, you know, if, a total of five games. And, yeah, the day-to-day means it's not an end-of-the-world thing, but, well, there's, like, there, well, there's no, we don't like, know... There's no day-to-day yet. We JaVale's don't know how this is, is no, going to linger on and the thing that makes me kind of question a little bit is the oh did not make the trip to sacramento like for me the thing is is could that be viewed as and i'm not saying this is a negative but for me like lebron hey i'm still gonna make the trip i'm gonna still be on this bench for this young team rather than him just saying nah i'm gonna but that not happens. go to the game no i'm just i'm throwing it out there i i wouldn't make too much of it because then he was at the the next game against the clippers on, on friday night because again what what's the point of making that you know trip when you could probably be getting you know treatment for mm-hmm. your body not putting your body through going through a trip to sacramento when you could stay home the next game's going to be at home anyways uh still at the staples center because they played the clippers i mean I, i'm not i'm not too i'm not bashing them for missing one game against the kings the thing that I, I am worried about though at least with this uh you know lebron being out rondo being out javel being out you have seen their inability to close games because you look in the fourth quarter against the sacramento kings uh, they got outscored 33-21, and obviously uh, Bogey hit the oh shot to God. win. Uh, great call, <laughs> by the way, uh, with Doug Christie and his partner yes. uh, on, on the Sacramento uh, feed. And then also the Clippers. Uh, Clippers outscored them 36-27. So, again, they were in those games up until the fourth quarter, and then by the fourth quarter, those teams were able to pull away, outscore them, and get the victories. Because if you know if they were even a little bit closer um, in the fourth quarter against the Kings, they would have won that game. Mm-hmm. If they were a little bit closer uh, against the Clippers, they might have had a shot to win that game because they only lost by 11. So it's something that I do worry about. Is it again. a stamina thing? Like they were going to go out balls of the wall to start the game, and then by the end of the game, it's these young players are like, oh, man, 
I didn't conserve. I maybe didn't conserve my legs kind of like a LeBron will because we've even seen like LeBron be smart. I know playoffs is a little different, but it's like, hey, if it's the second, third, I'm going to conserve a little bit of energy so that I have that extra reserve in the tank for the fourth quarter if I need it. I don't really know about that just because, again, like they they were, they were got also got outscored in the first. They also got outscored in the third. This is the, a, a back-to-back, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, as well. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'm looking at the Kings one where they outscored um, them in the first. They outscored the Kings in the second and even the third. But it was that fourth quarter yeah, but where that the Kings was, outscored them. They got outscored by two points in the first and then five in the third. So, I mean, that's really, you know, a couple baskets that they mm-hmm. they only got outscored by. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. The only thing that I would worry about, though, is, again, like what Dave was saying, like yeah. who's going to step up? And we didn't see anyone step up in the fourth quarter, and that's one big thing. Like Lonzo's been playing great, and I think it is a positive that LeBron's not out there because Lonzo can actually be him true self. I think that's one thing that we might see a little bit more with LeBron being out is the fact that these guys might end up performing better because they're going to have the roles that they used to have mm-hmm. that they were you know comfortable with last year. We're going to see Lonzo, who really needs the ball in his hands to be the true best him true his true best self um, offensively. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we're going to see from this, and then maybe. Uh, maybe this is just getting too far ahead of myself here, but maybe if we do continue to see this, LeBron comes back, Rondo comes back, and Lonzo then falls back down to where he was, maybe it looks like LeBron, Le, you know, Lonzo becomes expendable at that point. Because mm. why would you want to have that player out there if he's going to just continue to hurt your team and not help your team? And you can also show teams like, hey, this guy is a very valuable asset. He's a very good player, but he's just not the right fit on our team. Am I getting too ahead of myself just because he is 20 years old? He still is only in a second year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Am I jumping the gun too much with Lonzo? Because, again, I I think that he does have a lot of talent. Everyone loves to say that he's a bust because he can't shoot. But, again, he might not fit with this team. I think you've got the right idea of wrong guy. I think that this is a uh, showcase for other teams, perhaps, uh, in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. And... Brandon Ingram, to me, is still the odd man out. Uh, still has a lot of value because of his body, because of his uh, length out there. But it's turning into, like, last night, 17 points, 7 boards, 0 assists, 0 blocks, 0 steals. It, that's that's kind of a weird line for him because you think of him when he was most successful was basically being that secondary ball handler to Lonzo or the primary point guard himself. And when he's out there and he's not able to provide that defensive uh, toughness for them or the ability to facilitate, a little concerning. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, I think it's a showcase of the young talent. At, at the worst case, and maybe it is future thinking, and maybe it's just like, eh, worst case scenario, you guys get to see what our young kids can do. And if you're interested, now you can see what they can do without, you know, having someone mm-hmm. who's going to take up 30% of the usage on the team. Without daddy's not on the court anymore. Exactly. I mean, like, Kuzma looks, e- e- even if he missed literally all of his threes last night, 0-7 from three, Still got confidence in his shot. He's still going to take shots, and that's what you want to see out of someone that young and on a team where you need scoring. So I, I really like mm-hmm. what I've seen out of them, but I think that B.I. looks like he's definitely the odd man out. Lonzo's intriguing because it's do you trust Rondo's health because we've seen mm-hmm. him hurt in mm-hmm. the past time after time, and if you can't trust him in the playoffs, you definitely need someone like Lonzo who can step up and elevate his game now that we can see when people aren't there. Lonzo can definitely facilitate well, and do I, it all. I find it funny, too. You say Lonzo, you say B.I. Mm-hmm. I'm going the third edge of this triangle. I'm going Kuzma's the guy. Ah. Like, And the reason why is if I'm trading for Anthony Davis, because let's be honest, that's who the Lakers want. The Pelicans are going to want a well, guy they can on. build their— f- Wait, 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 wait. wait. They want no, a dynamic who, who, guy. Who's saying that the Lakers want him? Outside of LeBron, there has been I'm no just rumors saying, like, if outside you're, of what LeBron said. If you're going to trade for anybody right now, 
the Lakers, that's who they would trade for in my mind. Like, they're, Kawhi's not on the market. Any of the other – like, Durant's not you on the market. You need a lot more of the Kuzma to like, get AD. But out of the three, like, the thing that I look at is the Pelicans are going to want a guy – that they can feel confident in, he can be our leading scorer, and we can build a franchise around him. And like Dave said, the shot from Kuzma is there no matter if he misses all eight. But I look into that if I'm the Lakers. I know it's a small two-game sample size, but the thing I do not like with Kuzma, and I love Kyle Kuzma overall, is that he went, what, 2 of 8 from 3 against the Kings, and then 0 of 7 from 3 Against the Clippers. You can say, well, Ricky, it's just a two-game stretch. He's shooting bad. The other thing, and this is my numero uno red flag, is LeBron comes out. The kids start playing. Kuzma has six turnovers against the Kings. Yeah, he bumped it down, but still had four against the Clippers. Whereas Brandon Ingram, yeah, he had five against the Kings, but he only had one against the Clippers. to where assist, though. I look at well, and there's that side of it, too. (laughs) Like, he had zero assists. I'm not saying, like, all these guys— are perfect, but I wonder if Kyle Kuzma is going to be the guy that plays the best and he's going to be the trade chip that the Lakers need to move if they want to land a big star like Anthony Davis. But also with that, Kuzma is probably the one with the least amount of trade value. Although he's performed the best, mm-hmm. putting up you know 18, I think, last year and around 18 this year, um, if I'm not mistaken— Again, he wasn't a top pick. And, and yes, you can probably say, you know, how much is performance? How much is potential? How much is the fit? How much is bad numbers on a bad team last year? I just worry about, again, like, you know, even though if he performs well, people are still going to look at Lonzo's high ceiling and, and, and you know, think that he's the high, you know best trade trip. Uh, look at Brandon Ingram's body and, and his potential uh, as well. I, I don't think that Kuzma, even if he balls out and you know puts out like 40 points a game uh, mm-hmm. when LeBron's out, like I don't think he's magically going to become their best trade asset and that's going to help them get Anthony Davis. If they're going to get Anthony Davis, especially right now, they're going to need to give him all three because why would the Pelicans want to move on from Anthony Davis when they have control over him? You're going to need to give them an offer they can't you know refuse and that's going to be giving them as much as you possibly could give, and that might mean all three of them, Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma. I just think that if you're going to make a trade for mm-hmm. maybe a, you know, a Bradley Beal, it might be easier to move on mm-hmm. if you see you know Lonzo's ability to play off. And maybe not for the Wizards, because obviously they have John Wall, um, but like you were mentioning, maybe you know Brandon Ingram becomes more intriguing over these times when Rondo, JaVale, and LeBron is out because mm-hmm. they get that ball in their hands more. They get the ability to create. They get the ability to show out because LeBron's not going to be on the team wherever they're traded. Um, but, again, this isn't really about trades. It's more about how they'll do. Well, I mean, it affects it because yeah, with of course. LeBron no, not I'd, being out there. I'm just trying to come back yeah. to what it was because I think we'll get into mm-hmm. trades just a little bit uh, about like if a trade yeah. should be made uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for this. Um, what you've seen so far, Dave, do you think that this team without LeBron can at least you know keep around 500? Because again, there's a lot of young talent on this team. They're dealing with other injuries outside of LeBron, but with this you know core of LeBron, Lonzo, and Kuzma, or uh, Kuzma, Lonzo, and uh, Bi, mm-hmm. do you think that they'll be able to right the ship and at least stay 500? Mm, so they would be able to lose four more games before they hit 500, right? Because they're four up. Uh, well, no. Right now, they're zero and two. No, I just meant like record-wise overall. Yeah, they're oh, well, yeah, they're four 16. Up. Yeah, so they yeah, can... yeah. I-, I think they're not going to 
I think they'll probably lose three out of the next four games. Um, so yeah, they're not going to be able to win many games. That I'll just say that like they're they're young, they're not very deep as a team right now. What do you think they're missing with LeBron then? Like what what's the biggest thing? Obviously, outside of the best player in yeah, the I mean, NBA, that, that, but that like sort of helps. at least with the lineup that you see, if this was the Lakers team, what would you be saying they need? Is it just another star? Is it a guy who can be a go-to scorer? No, I think they've got, like, I think Kuzma is probably going to end up being the go-to scorer. He just needs to find some consistency, and like Ricky said, a shot from three as of, like, mm-hmm. not been. I would probably say, man, I would probably say they need a secondary ball handler because, honestly, B.I. has been disappointing as of late. And, I mean, Stevenson, okay, but, like, I don't love him. I don't mm-hmm. love him out there. Their bench depth is non-existent. Like, they, they got three on the bench, basically. That's it right now. It's just, it's weird that Svi, like, played up, and then they just drop his minutes again because they feel like they've got a market well, KCP and Hart out there, mm-hmm. so Svi doesn't get minutes. And I think that's kind of, Luke Walton kind of bugs me with his rotation sometimes. <laughs> weird tangent, sorry. Um, no, it's just, you see, like, a snippet of one player or, like, them get a little bit of success, and it's like, oh, where'd he go? Why, why isn't he playing anymore? <laughs> Um, and Svi's been one of those guys who's up and down. Same with like Mo Wagner. Like he's a guy. Oh, you have no depth on your centers. You you gave Zubak the starting role, and he's had three great games and two disappointing ones. But yet we're not going to give him any minutes. Like Tyson Chandler. Yes, we know he's what he brings. But like, I'd be curious to know why Mo isn't getting anything at this point. So I think that yes, you're a young team because LeBron's not out there and. Ronda's not out there, and uh, JaVale's not out there. So it's like, why not let them play a little? But no, like they're they're, they're not going to be able to win games. Uh, not not consistently, not at a 500 rate even. Uh, but I do believe that they can at least win one out of their next four, and then hopefully by then LeBron is back and you know they can get rolling again. They Their team is so dependent on him, mm-hmm. and that's why it's kind of surprising to see like, okay, so they can put up some individual numbers, and they look good for most of the game together. Like, you can see there's chemistry there, and I like the effort. That's the other thing is, like, watching them play, you see the hustle out there, and being able to see that without LeBron, like, overbearing shadow, like, on the sidelines staring them down, that's awesome. Because, like, as a Bulls fan, I'm watching a young team suck, mm-hmm. and you just see guys just stop caring after a while well, during and, games. And, and it's that's like, you don't see that out of these guys. And that's something that I'm thinking about in my head is you add LeBron to the situation. You add the city into the situation, mm-hmm. too, of, like, Laker, the Laker town, LA, were the Showtime Lakers were champions. LeBron comes in, he's a champion. These young kids are expected, like, are we expecting too much out of them? Are we expecting too much out of Lonzo and Kuzma in their second year in the NBA? Are we expecting too much from B.I.? You know, he's the oldest, so that might be yeah. the only one where it's like, no, you've been here since 2016. I think he's you've actually the third isn't year. Isn't Kuzma same age as B.I. or older? He's older. But he's older, yeah. I'm he's saying like, like in, the, in the league, yeah. him and Lonzo like were in the yeah. same draft. I, I know. And then I look at that Bulls team that you said me and you watch so much because we're fans. Yeah. And not because of the city, because I think the city – expects champion well doesn't expect we want championships because we had six in the 90s but our it's like players are getting cheered louder than our current players because of our management we are it's more of like a you know what i'm just gonna watch these young players play and it is fun expectations the expectations are a little bit lower and it would be completely like take these three kuzma bi and lonzo put them on a different team and Nobody is scrutinizing well, I just, I, them. I just want to take a team to like the Pelicans. Yeah. 
Like, they would not be scrutinized in I, New Orleans. I just want to interject real quick because, yeah. uh, looking it up, I totally forgot. Ingram's actually younger than Lonzo. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I was like, yeah. he was like... Ingram, uh, September 2nd, 1997, so he's, yeah. he's 21. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just fucking stupid. Uh, they're 21. both 21. Yeah. Uh, Ingram was September 2nd. Lonzo, October 27th, uh, 97. So they're both 97. Uh, Ingram, uh, older by a month. And then uh, Kuzma, 23. He was born yeah. July 24, uh, 95. Um so I'm actually older than both Brandon Ingram and And what are you uh, doing Lonzo with your Ball. life? I remember this when I, I, re- <laughs> I remember when I got to that point. Remember when, when, Derek, remember when Derek Rose got drafted? Yeah. We were like, man, that could have been guy. us. Yep. <laughs> that could have been us. Um, but going back, I, I think that I, I think there is too much pressure on it, but I don't think it's just because of the city exactly. Mm-hmm. It's because you, you the player that you're playing with um, is is a big thing, and you look at other markets of you know rookies and, and big ones. I, I don't think there's a ton of pressure on the Chicago kids just because again there's not an expectation because there is yeah. no star for yeah. them to win. Um, and I, even then, I think there's still pressure. You know, even like Chris at Dunn, people are mm-hmm. wondering if he's the, the future. Um, no one's really questioning Wendell because it's just so early yeah, in his career. But it's like marking and balled out fine, you know, early mm-hmm. in his career, so it's not really you know there's not really too many questions about him. But you look at New York, and there's a lot of questions about Frank, and he's not getting playing uh, time out there, and there's pressure on him. And if he's the guy uh, out there, you look at um, L.A. Obviously, last year there wasn't too much pressure, but now you know being in your third year, mm-hmm. Ingram then there turns to be the pressure because you're not a sophomore, you're not a rookie anymore. You need to start stepping up. I think that's why there's pressure on him. Kuzma, again, there's no pressure he on him. He expectations yeah, as he was, like a late 20s pick. Exactly. Late round pick, already 23 years old. He's putting up 18 a game. Kuzma's going to be the Jimmy Butler of that draft where it's like, wow, he went 30. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Jimmy was 30, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. wow, he went 30? I thought he went like top 15 or I, something like and that. And Lonzo's obviously going to be a huge target just because of his father and, and, and the whole ball family. Uh, but I, I look at it, and I, I think it's, again, and you look at what Boston did as well, another big market. Mm-hmm. Those rookies automatically started you know, playing extremely well. So I think there's mm-hmm. that expectation that's heightened now because you know rookies don't have that kind of grace period of, oh, we have, you have four years to become great. Um, it's now just, all right, you step in, you have to be great already. Mm-hmm. And Luke is not helping that situation either because well, he's just I say, dominating. We're spoiled. Like, yeah. uh, rookie classes as of late, we are incredibly spoiled on how quick – they can enter the league and then immediate results as mm-hmm. far as their stat lines. Maybe not as far as the win-loss column at the end of the year, but, like, it's been, come on, this mm-hmm. is a joke. Like, the last three years, last four years, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at this, too, and I think just, like, Lonzo and this draft class, like, now Markel's, you know, being injured, and then people are like, oh, well, Lonzo's got to be better than it. You know, it's even more difficult mm-hmm. with who's, you know, breathing down your neck at three um, in Jason Tatum <laughs> and the fact that there was traded. So I think, like, again, there's so much focus on the draft. There's so much focus on the rookies. And now you add Le- LeBron to the Lakers. There's so much pressure on it. And I don't think it's really fair to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it means they're ever going to be bad players or they're not going to be able to develop. Because, again, when we when LeBron's not out there, Lonzo does look great. Like, mm-hmm. Lonzo does show that ability to score you know, be a facilitator, be a great defender. Like, Lonzo has shown a ton of potential. I think the most potential out of all three of them. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I just wanted to say is, like, bringing up Jason Tatum in Boston, we saw that from last year with them where Hayward goes down, Kyrie injured late in the year, and it's like those guys stepped up, made a deep playoff run, and the thing that I find it funny is, yeah, we go like, oh, man, Jason Tatum played up, but a lot of it, and I'm one of them, go, yeah, good job, Brad Stevens. Good mm-hmm. job with your coaching and getting these guys ready. Where I'm not saying Luke Walton's on the hot seat, but eventually, when will that go? Like, hey, well, you know what? Maybe 
We Extremely get a guy fair to here. say, good job, Brad Stevens, yeah. and not, hey, great, great job, uh, Danny Ainge, or hell, even great job, Jason Tatum, for not being afraid of the moment. High and fives all up. around in Boston. Like, well, that's the thing is, like, you know, with Lonzo, is it just, you, you know, do you look at Luke Walton and say, you're not being, you're putting him in the best position? You look at the front is office and be like, Johnson? you're not giving, yeah, you're not giving Lonzo the, the, the right, you know, system to work in and grow in? Or do you or look you at Lad GM? Well, or, or then are you looking at Lonzo himself and saying mm-hmm. you're not working on yourself enough to put yourself in that position when you're playing next to the you know best player in the NBA to step up your game and be a, a, a great part of the team and less of you know an up and down part of the team. Uh, but finally, you know we talked a little bit about you know the trade chips and mm-hmm. how they can improve their trade stock. But ultimately, do you think they will make a trade for a big star? And if so. Which players are going to be moving, and what type of player do you think they're going to go after this year? So, you know, obviously Anthony Davis is on the table, but like, do you think Lonzo, Kuzma, Bi, if they play well, they could be moved for a big name player to help this Laker team now, or do you think if they play well, that just gives the Lakers more incentive to keep them and try to just grow this home, you know, hometown core? Yes and no answer. Yes to the talent playing up, being like, oh man, this is good talent that we can trade for. No, it's not going to happen this year. If it happens at the soonest, it'll be in the offseason. I still want to lean towards the trade deadline. I think they're going to make a move for something. I don't know if it's going to be as impactful as like the AD thing that I want to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, I still see BI as the odd man out. But you're going to have to move two pieces, two pieces plus futures to get him anyway. Uh, or to get AD, I should say. So, yeah, it, it's tough. If anything happens, it's going to be a smaller move to get like... Some additional piece for this team, a but, but B. I mean, but if they I make see that B.I. Move, and B. LeBron can't be on the same team. Like I going into the season, I was like, I'm I'm ready for mm-hmm. him. I want him to be, you know, the number two guy on this team. He can be another ball handler out there. And the more I watch them play together, I'm like, wow, B.I. should not be allowed to be on the same court as LeBron James. But you think he's going to be moved this year? Because I, I mean, this is still a big piece. I think he is because he's a second. He's a second overall pick. pick. He's so, got great size, great wingspan. Are you looking for a wing? Are you looking for a guard, a combo guard? Are you looking for another big that could be dynamic? What what piece are you trading you're, you're, you're this young player for? You're ideally hoping for a wing who can actually shoot from the outside. Like someone who can legit play 3 and D. Um, mostly because just Brennan Ingram scores driving. Like he is a slasher. He's pretty good at it most of the time. But... You need someone to help space out that court. And, you know, LeBron with his whole, like, I want ball handlers on me. I don't want to have, like, mm-hmm. that sounds great and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we've seen is, like, B.I., when he's not, you know, uh, when the ball's not in his hands, he's, like, not engaged in that offense, and he's just kind of standing around on the outside trying to create some motion to distract somebody. But it's just, I don't know. I think that they need they need a wing out there who can – he is his defense is great, but he just doesn't bring that outside shooting consistency that they need. So I, I look to see – if they do make a move, it's going to be for a veteran, just outside shooter. Um, but AD is a dream. Maybe this offseason, I, I wish this tra- trade deadline, but if AD keeps playing like this, there's no way they're going to move him. Yeah, I mean, the big thing, too, you look at um, Ingram's splits, and the higher the usage, typically the the, the greater results. You look exactly. At, um, October, he had a, a 26 usage and had you know, 17-4-1 out there and shooting 47-36. and 36. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that... He is the odd man out, but I just don't see him traded this year because I don't think there's going to be a great enough piece that, right, will, that will warrant it. That will warrant it. Yeah. Um, so maybe you look at the offseason, like Ricky mentioned. Maybe yep. that you know in the draft something pops up, uh, or maybe you know the start of next season, AD you know demands a trade or something like that. 
Um, I think BI will be proved to be a useful asset. Yeah. Um, but I, I do question about his long-term, uh, you know, ability and ability to score because again, this kid six nine. You get the comparisons to KD, and maybe that's not fair because KD's you know way too good to be compared to. Yeah. Um, but also, you're only you're taking less than two threes a game, and this is with Lonzo Ball. This is with LeBron James passing the ball. High moving offense. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand how he's not getting more three attempts, or why he's not pulling the trigger and shooting more threes out there. Because you're just going to become even more dangerous if you're proving that ability to you know not have a fear to shoot out there. Um, you might hit a couple because he's still a, he's got a decent stroke. Um, and then once you start hitting them, that's going to even make you more dangerous driving to the hole. So and they're not afraid of it because like they're letting guys like Kyle Kuzma jack up multiple threes a game, and mm-hmm. he's not a great three point shooter. He's like a career like thirty mm-hmm. percent guy. So it's just kind of or thirty well, and I think thirty six last year, thirty this year. So and I, I think know. it's different just because Kuzma again he was a later pick needed right, to but prove they're giving himself him the shots. No, that's the was, thing is the the volume well, is there for him. I'm saying last year he proved himself. Yeah. last year to you know warrant right. those shots. Um, that's why he's getting those okay. shots still. I think, and I, I think the reason why he was taking those shots last year because he was, had that mentality of this is a bad team. I can make <laughs> this team, and I can make this team for the long term. Yeah. If I go out there and start you know shooting, start sure. proving myself, went out there and did it. Um, and so far, it's worked out for him. We're talking about it, him as a huge trade chip. And obviously, you know, now he's, you know, got 18.7 points per game, the number two pretty much yeah, uh, on he, a he's LeBron true James team. Two. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's been impressive so far uh, what he's been able to do. Uh, final thoughts on the Lakers and what they're going to do without LeBron James. I, For me, if the longer LeBron is out, the more this team will slide out of the playoffs in my mind. So hopefully LeBron comes back sooner rather than later so this team can stay in the playoff hunt. Dave? I um I think the best point made during the segment was when Ricky brought up the Celtics actually and how their uh, injury struggles last year we saw the most development and like the most potential shown by the young guys in that core and I think that this is going to be a similar situation but they're not going to have the ability to win as many games as the Celtics did last year because the Celtics had a great head coach and their players played up to a higher level than anyone expected and they were in the East. And they're the weak east. I'm just gonna Ricky Thank line you. that one. Thank you. But no, I think that like this is this is you let these young kids go. Yeah, they're gonna. They're, there's no way they make the playoffs without well, him. But I don't think he's gonna be out that long. Do you think there's enough time then to to prove like what the Celtics were able to prove last year yeah. with that young core? Do you think there's enough time for them to do that without LeBron? You know, being out, be, you know, I being think injured. That, I think seeing this early progress out of them in these couple of games without LeBron is going to make them maybe change their attitude about minutes and lineups to the point where they can experiment a lot more because Rondo's you know going to be out for full month, so Lonzo gets full point guard duties basically, and we get to mm-hmm. see different lineups with that. So I think this is really a great uh, time for them to do this, and I think that like these guys absolutely deserve the chance to get like thirty five plus minutes a night as young kids. Let them roll with it because when LeBron comes back four games, five games later, no big deal. But let them keep that time and let them keep that momentum. That's my hopes. I don't think this, you know, stretch of schedule is too dangerous where they are going to fall that much out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be under 500 when he comes back. I think that they do definitely have the ability to beat the Kings uh, in their next game. I mean, they were so close last time. Fall out of the playoffs means like a game or two now. Yeah. In the in the West, yeah, but I mean, if you beat the Kings and you give yourself more, you know, more space because that's the mm-hmm. that's a team directly behind you. Um, I, I, the I'm Thunder, just, and then they got to go play at the Mavs, where the Mavs are historically good right mm-hmm. now. But so. also, that's, that's, the a, that's there's also yeah, the, the Timberwolves, there's the Thunder. Like there's there's a <laughs> long stretch from yeah, yeah, until you. January six. 
Um, I was actually looking into getting tickets for that game because I, oh. I, I have a week off. I was like, what if I go to Dallas, see a Cowboy playoff game, no. and then on that Monday go see LeBron versus uh, Luka? Um, didn't do it because I don't have a ton of money. I was going to say, uh, Sean, you got like much. a second or third job <laughs> that I don't know about? No, I don't. So that's why I didn't do it because uh, I don't have enough money. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to take a solo trip and go watch the Cowboys hopefully lose uh, in the playoffs and then uh, see Luka versus LeBron. Uh, but we might not be seeing Luka versus LeBron. So I'm glad I didn't buy those tickets. But, anyways, uh, that's uh, our thoughts about LeBron's injury and how it's going to affect the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, emergency segment. <laughs> if you see the end of the Kevin Durant uh, segment that we did, uh, mid-podcast, mid-segment, we found out that John Wall is having season-ending surgery per Woj and Shams. Uh, Wizards star John Wall is planning to undergo season-ending surgery on his left heel. League sources tell Windhorse ESPN and me, that being Woj, doctors have recommended that he undergo surgery soon. Um, Shams pretty much say that he's been dealing with inju- this injury for a while, and it just came to a point where the pain became unbearable, and he had to leave. Wall is leading to- towards undergoing the season under surgery, which was prescribed by a specialist today. League sources say he will make his final decision next week. Surgery route will f- fully heal the bone spurs that have nagged him for years and allow him to perform at full steam. This is according to uh, Shams. Again, he saw a specialist in Wisconsin, and the pain became too significant. So let's talk about this. Uh, if John Wall is out, he'll be out for the full season. I think it's a six- to eight-month surgery and recovery time. And the biggest thing that we've been talking about with the Wizards is not their performance on the court, but mm-hmm. the report that the Wizards were looking to move either Bradley Buell or John Wall. Now this puts the kibosh on moving John Wall because of his injury and that means you are locked into a five-year, $147 million contract, or I think plus even, mm-hmm. uh, a five-year deal for John Wall. We'll be paying him $47 million when he's 32 years old. What are your thoughts, guys? Because my thought was, if John Wall gets traded, it's going to be before, it's gonna be for this season because yeah. he's going to be so cheap. Now you're going to have to deal with the you know ton of money that you're going to be dealing, uh, paying him uh, in the next five years. What are your immediate thoughts on this whole deal, how it affects the Warriors? Or Wizards. We were just talking about the Warriors and Kevin Durant. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's sort of a game changer for them because, like you said, you were hoping to trade that contract before it exploded. And the, on the upside, you did mention that they hope that this will solve his lingering issues with bone spurs and a couple of the nagging injuries. So could be good. Could mean that that long-term contract, we don't see the, like, hit and miss seasons from John Wall where he's only playing, you know, 60 games instead of 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so long-term, probably the best move because this team was doing garbage already and they weren't going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it does sort of put the scope on Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal has been playing really well as of late. He had one bad game, but that was on a back-to-back when he had played 53 minutes the night before <laughs> to win. Uh, and then obviously the next game, it was like 23 minutes, he had seven points. He was done. He had yep. nothing left in the tank. But... I think Bradley Beal becomes the main point of contention is like you got Bradley Beal who's doing great who who's coming up on his prime do you want him to be the guy on this team or or are you shipping him when he's at his highest value and you're going into the rebuild mode we talked all about LeBron and the Lakers I'm just throwing a fork in this shit. Could they go after good old Z, Zion Williamson? Uh, right now they are at sixth, in, uh, according to Tankathon, uh, only five games back of Cleveland. The tank uh, is on. Coming to uh, the number one overall All pick. they need to do is get to three. 
All you need to do is get bottom three, baby. That's true, and they get the, the same amount. Oh, it's, I did uh, screw up the John Wall contract, too. Uh, right now, he's worth 9.1 mil. Uh, it's a four-year, $169 million contract <laughs> that pays him uh, 37.8 mil next year, 40.8 the next year, 43.8 the 21-22, and then 22-23, uh, 46.8 mil. So, Ricky, what are your immediate thoughts on this Wizards uh, news that John Wall is injured? Are you thinking along side of yes. the that now the scope's on, on I gotta, the deal? I got a trade to throw out. I, instantly he's instantly. not even going to so I, no here's here's the answers that ricky provides uh hey ricky give me one answer yes and no or <laughs> i got two things or, or yes or no or hey ricky do you agree with dave yeah i got a trade for you <laughs> yeah. never answers my question <laughs> really appreciate it dave, dave's talking about i'm thinking right away so when we talked about the wizards and their trades in the past i have been on the side of you get rid of one of them this year you're getting rid of one and before we recorded the segment, Dave said, well, you can't get rid of John Wall. All right, I'm getting rid of Bradley Beal. Here is my trade. Put in whatever first-rounders you want. I am sending Nikola Mirotic and Solomon Hill with a ton of picks to the Wizards. They get an expiring contract in Mirotic. They get a contract in Solomon Hill that's off the books after next year. Pelicans, Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, let's go. Let's I was go. not expecting that if at all. The Pel- what are you like, if I'm the Pelicans, let's get in on this. Keep AD here. Let's try to win some games. Clearly, he likes that. What do you think? That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal backcourt would be dope. Like that would just be so good. And but you couldn't move Drew to the two then, which I, mean, I think is probably the. the move he that plays better there, but Bradley Beal also has been you know putting up between Jesus his assist numbers are hilarious. Five one five fifteen seven three three nine four. Like, I think that you have two combo guards, and you're not going to be too unhappy about it. I, I would, I would definitely roll them both out there. I don't think you move at one to the three, and you roll Alfred Payton out there as a starter. That doesn't make me feel good, not as a person. Yeah, but I think that him as a bench point guard, I think I like that. Oh, absolutely. That's that's where he should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you do lose Miritich. Uh, but you more than make up for that with Bradley Beal's amazing shooting. Creating. I mean, Miritich is up at the end of the year. Exactly. That's the big thing. And I think have... that's, oh man, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a reason to not like this deal. <laughs> I think the problem is what kind of future picks are we looking at? Because well, the, Bradley Beal is locked up well, under contract yeah. for three well, more years. The, right? Pel- they have is... the Pelicans own all of theirs. Yeah, they have the they 2019 own... uh, first round, 2020, uh, 2021. Uh, the, they have Bulls tied up uh, in 2021 second rounder. Uh, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026. And it's funny because their team so ships their picks for players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's all they've done in the past. So would you do Miritich, uh, Miritich, Solomon Hill, Solomon Hill, and then, uh, like, I would probably do once 80s off the books, right? Because you have if to I, hope that they're yeah, going to. if I was the Wizards, I'd be like, all right, whenever AD's up, then I'd start looking for those picks because that most likely when the team's going to tank. So I'd be asking for that. 2021 unprotected or like top three protected or something yeah and then like 2023 unprotected and then 2025 unprotected because if the you know if, i might if the take Pelicans i might take one deal, this year i might take off the 2025 one just to have additional draft stock this year which we know it's not a super deep draft but i'd rather have an asset sooner the problem is like well, it, well, maybe the pelicans maybe that trade doesn't work out for the pelicans it's like a, a, a late lotto pick and then you know you're able to flip uh, you know, if you're at three, you're able to flip it, jump up to two, and get you know the, your pick of RJ or Cam if you want it. Could be dirty. Could be absolutely dirty. The concern I have comes down to like, would Bradley Beal on that team be enough to make them obviously keep Anthony Davis and like shut down the rumors of mm-hmm. him going to the Lakers? 
That one, that's asking a lot because I think it instantly makes them like competitive for top four in the West, probably top five. But I just keep looking at that team and going, I don't know that they could win a playoff series against a team like the Warriors. That's the only thing. Well, the thing is, I think you know? it's, it's not winning a championship with AD. It's just making sure that you're making moves to be competitive. Right. And that is a move to be like, hey, we want to be that competitive. That would be incredibly competitive. So, I think that's it. That's one but thing. But the Wizards that, just suck with like Troy Brown has not. He's played the least minutes of like a a, a first round pick. I think mm-hmm. pretty much this year. I mean, selling off your established star for young talent who you may or may not hit on, and honestly, like you've got a guy now with a ton of potential. We all thought in Troy Brown, who you know he's a ball he's handling like a wing, fifteenth pick. He's still yeah. young. He's a ball handling wing out there. He was he was young when he got drafted. You're right. But still, like his lack of playing time and the fact that they're going with Ron Baker. Well, then get also look at the coach. Him. It's Scott Brooks, right? So I, I, I that's the thing. It's the a Wizards, front office that does not make the great choices. Well, I think that this is something that they do need to do is is clean house. I think that Bradley Beal should be moved now because this is something that again you can tank your you can your try season. to get Zion and you can try to add another young player. Yeah, yeah. and Zion John Wall would be a fun mix. You could have still Otto Porter. You could still have uh, Troy Brown in, in, in the in the Hope wings. Hope he gets some minutes. Waiting, maybe Dwight still sticks around, and we'll see if he's ever healthy. Yeah, um, and play some minutes. Like I think that that would be a fun team. Trevor Ariza's there. Maybe he resigns if he likes it. Like I think it'd be a fun team at least. Poor Trevor Ariza though. Uh, <laughs> I totally get screwed now. Um, I, I like I like my Lakers deal more because like we'd already heard the like the pairing of LeBron and Bradley Beal. The Lakers have better assets. Like, no offense to Nico and Solomon Hill, but that does not move the needle for me at all. It just, you know, whatever contract help. But at that point, you're already not looking to free agency to add a real great mm-hmm. talent. You're giving away talent. So if you're giving away Bradley Bill this year, are the, you giving away John Wall when he returns but healthy? But the idea is if you are going to be a bad team next year, even if you do get Zion, then you can be that team that takes on bad but contracts. But you're already over the max. Then... I think with... Uh, well, I don't know. I'd have to look at spot rack for Solomon Hill's contract next year. I think there's only like a 10 mil difference. Yeah, um, Solomon Hill's at 12.2 and then, yeah, 5 mil. Well, okay. 500,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, 500,000. It's 12.2 to 12.7. Oh, okay. Now 500,000 like, yeah. total. Like, no. He goes up five grand. So, I mean, it's a, it, you're cutting that in half, the Beal contract, because Beal's right. making like 24 mil. Right, but you also have Otto's contract changing to yeah. his terrible contract and then mode. john walls you're right and yeah so, so like yeah you won't be able i don't to know that. that they could take on more garbage at that point i don't know i think they need a young asset plus and i don't know that so bi yeah i'm looking at bi <laughs> and then you can try to move auto again you can try like because mm-hmm. i don't know that he has he has not lived up to hopes this year but i don't know that you've already paid him the contract like i don't know if anybody's gonna take a shot on a guy who is having a down year but in the past, was one of the most consistent well, shooters and a good two-way player. You look at Kelly Oubre too. Kelly Oubre got a ch- change of scenery and has been playing really well for, for the Suns. So I, I think the biggest thing with this news is it sucks, obviously, for John Wall. It sucks for Wizards fans. But I think but the biggest sign is that— mode? Yeah, it's tank mode. It's tank mode now. It's tank for Zion. I mean, you have the ability now. You're only five spots away from being mm-hmm. you know number one overall team Yep. Uh, and getting the uh, best odds. I think you well, have to I go mean, for it. Technically, they're only four out of the best odds because now their top three is all the same. Yeah. Top well, I mean, I'm just saying, percentages. like, at the like number one. Team. Yeah, I know, I know the odds are the same, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, you're five teams away from yeah. being the number one, where you're, you know, 25 which, away from being the best team. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. I got to rant for like two seconds. I get watching young talent is fun, and when they pop off, it's good. But like, 
Can the Bulls stop winning games, please? Like we need we need a top three draft pick. So there, rant over. I'm just upset about Fair that. Fair enough. I, I just think that this is a, a blow, but I think it's probably a light at the end of the tunnel because John Wall's contract is going to suck, but you can get a player that can be really dangerous next to him for and, for the long long future, and you can clear up some cap space. And that's the uh, thing. Which I think the Wizards need for John Wall. It might be the good thing of hey, I did the surgery, so now I'm untradeable. You can't trade me now while I'm injured. Maybe if he comes back afterwards, the Wizards go, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't want to trade you and we're going to build around you. Yeah, you know what it was? Yeah. It was an alpha move. Oh. Because he's the an alpha. alpha. The true <laughs> alpha might get the final Take set. Take himself off the table. <laughs> how, how much, like, he can just mic drop the Wizards. Like, oh, you, you, you think about trading me? It'd be uh, a real shame yeah. if I was. Surgery. Surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, just, bones just walks in on a walking bad. boot. Yeah, yeah. You know the San Antonio Spurs. I got bones. <laughs> I got San Antonio bone spurs. Got to get surgery. Uh, final thoughts on on the way. If they I think, Bradley Beal, they literally wouldn't have an NBA team. Like they would. They oh, literally. No, they would they be would, boys Zatarans. They would be by far name. the worst It'd team in the NBA. Zatoransky, Ron Baker, mm-hmm. Otto Porter when healthy, Trevor Ariza, and Thomas Bryant. Is that their center? Yeah, or Mahimi. Or Jan Mahimi. Because <laughs> Dwight's out. I don't, like, what That's is That's a great that? team. That is the worst, like. Would they, would they even win the Euro League? Could they win the G League? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yes. be honest. Bruno's down there in the G League looking, <laughs> looking like Giannis again. So, I don't know. Final I thoughts just, on the Wizards. Outside of being the worst team. Trade, the, the trade Bradley Beal. Tank for Zion. That's where you're at right now. I don't want to move Bradley Beal because he's so good. But you have to. I would, I would look to see what Otto Porter's value is first. If Otto can't get me good enough, oh, I forgot they have Morris still. But um, mm-hmm. Morris is yeah expiring also. Yeah. So like I, I would look to move yeah. Otto first. Uh, but if I had to, I would move Beal. But yeah. I'd have to get the right <laughs> right price. If tag. I had right, to right price tag for Beal, don't what's give up the right nothing. price tag? Like a bi and picks, bi and picks. Because okay. you also have to make so you're going to eat KCP's contract to make mm-hmm. it work. But like, it, it's got to be bi plus something at that point. I might get shot by Utah Jazz fans. This is the final thing that oh. I thought of. Oh no! Would you do Donovan Mitchell for Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal's a better player. But would you do it for a future? Donovan's younger. Donovan. I'll not by the, much. I'll take the potential. Not no, by I much. Mean, I, I'll take Donovan Mitchell over Bradley Beal. So Beale. if you're the Utah Jazz, not you se- would not. I'm if not you're selling the Utah my Jazz, phone. you would not do that. Yeah, because I'd have to give up picks. I ain't no, selling No, my no, phone. straight up. Donovan Mitchell for Bradley Beal. Yes, that's different. But I don't think it'd be that easy. I know, I'm just saying yeah. straight up. Straight up, yes, I would. Dave, would you do it? Straight you're going to have to give me more than uh, Donovan Mitchell to get Bradley Beal. <laughs> but he's saying straight up. He's three up, years younger. You? Oh no! I was. And Bradley Beal's got. It came. It just came into my mind. I know. I wasn't actually saying like it's a legit thing. I just, yeah. No. Uh, literally, my final <laughs> thought was like, would you do Donovan Mitchell? I for would. Bradley I would look at the Nuggets. Hmm. No, because they have you. You have Gary Harris. You have Jamal uh, got Murray. Too many you have good Will guys. Barton. You have who but are you the trade? Great. I don't know. Who would you trade? I would. I would like to get one of those guys, and maybe that draft pick that they shelled the, biggest, the whole time. I think the biggest help that they need. No, I would not. If I was the Nuggets, <laughs> I'm not trading Porter. I'm not trading Porter Jr. And I'm not trading Murray or Gary Harris. I would definitely because I mean Gary Harris and Beal are so similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, but Beal's, Beal's just a, better. Beal's a better player. Completely. Yes, but but then again, like if if it's like Gary Harris and Porter Jr., then maybe. But I still think that throws I, off the chemistry be that so you've been happy building. To get that back. I, I think the biggest thing they need is like another forward because Paul Millsap's yeah. injury history. He's his contract's coming up soon. They need a guy who can actually play defense. Like like yeah, can, they, need, like they need a little bit next of next level defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. 
And, you know, they have Will Barton. Like, the, the, the three is kind of shaky, too. So yep. I added one last thing to my Pelicans thing that I want to throw out there. <laughs> I added a third team in the Knicks. So here's the full trade. Wizards get Enos Cantor. Ain't nobody want Enos wait, Cantor. Wait, wait, up at the end of the year. Miritich, up at the end of the year. Solomon Hill, two years left. Next year, he'll be up. The Pelicans get Bradley Beal and Trey Burke. And then the Knicks get uh, Mahimi, who, yes, he's got a year after this, but it is $3 million less than what they are paying Enos Cantor. So, I mean, would the Knicks do that? Probably, maybe if there's some picks in there, but no, because they want you, 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 you had a decent trade. Just I don't, know. Don't I tried it. to. I tried to get too Crazy greedy. Money. You, you, know that, a point you know what that doesn't do? Drive the conversation because no one gives a shit about Edis Cantor. Uh, so <laughs> well, that's our final Nick, thoughts. Not Cantor. Um, no, I don't give a shit about Edis Cantor. That's who's in the trade. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, tank for Zion. Watch tank for Zion. Beal getting traded by the deadline. The new president, Zion, 2019, 2020. Should we just do 2020? Yeah, 2020. Right. Zion, 2020. Make him your president. Who would be his vice? RJ or Cam? None. John None. Wall. John Wall. John Wall. John but, but, Zion but is Zion another Wall? alpha? Dwight Howard. Zion, Zion is Howard. Is Zion another alpha? No. No? I don't think he's he's got that no, big of an ego. No, he's the hype machine. He brings the hype. Right. He Wall's does not see that big of an ego. And also, John Wall and uh, Zion running fast break, that'd be fun. It'd be the most disgusting <laughs> thing. you got one of the quickest players in the league, that'd and then Zion's explodes. Well, hopefully, hopefully if he well, they said recovers. This could potentially resolve all of those lingering issues for yeah. him. So, so give him the break. Shout out to John Wall. Shout out to Zion. Shout out to Bradley Beal. And shout out to Woj and Shams for uh, adding another cool 30 minutes to our podcast. <laughs> uh, so thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, the, now it's going to transition into wet boy. No, boogie. Because we're going to put this second. But let's move into the next topic and sticking in the realm of injuries in the Western Conference. This one's a little bit more positive. DeMarcus Cousins is nearing a return. He has now started practicing in closed scrimmages with the team. We also saw the IG uh, story, I think it was, or just IG post of uh, Boogie traveling, as KD said, and dunking on uh, Kevin Durant. Um, he just salty. Looked slow. Uh, didn't look super great, but also it was just a, a fuck around in practice, so we yeah. don't know how he truly looks. Um, there is no timetable set for him, but the Warriors are in a bit of a skid. Lost to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I think it was on the 27th, and then on the 25th, obviously, lost to the Lakers. Clay hasn't been fantastic this year, like no. a typical Clay season. Uh, Steph's been injured. KD hasn't been phenomenal. He's been very good. Um, I think KD has had better seasons before, but still, he's still a top five player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Draymond uh, not playing up to what we thought he could he have possibly shoot anymore. in a max. No, happened. He can't really play defense that well either. I mean, he's 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 struggling all around. Like yeah. he's 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 still worth you know he still has worth because he's a good defender mm-hmm. but he's not defensive player of the year not uh, defender year. anymore so at least right now uh but looking at this how will demarcus cousins returning affect the warriors do you think it's going to be positive or do you think it's going to be a negative it's going to change the world like <laughs> demarcus cousins we don't shock the world I don't, I don't care what people say about him they can hate his attitude they can hate the way he <laughs> plays on the court i don't care he's so freaking talented it's not fair that they get to roll out to Marcus Cousins. And again, they're taking their time with him because as you talk about return timetables, like for his injury, people have come back much sooner, much sooner in the past. The longest one I think was Elton Brand. I think it was Elton. Uh, he was one of the ones who was injured. And yes, he never returned to the state he was in, but he also was not nearly as good of a player as DeMarcus Cousins was. And he relied a lot on his athleticism where DeMarcus is a smoother big man who... 
ball in his hands. He can face up. He can go face up with you. He can back you down. Like his game is going to work so well. The only concern for me is like the conditioning. And as long as they roll him out in slow chunks, like don't don't worry about mm-hmm. you know getting him thirty minutes a night. Like I want to see him get like I'm confident the 10, Warriors that 12, they'll do that. 14 minutes, just just you know little bits of incremental growth because he when he's on the court, he's one of the best centers in the NBA, and he abuses just about everybody else out there. There's a handful of really great defensive centers who really match him. But outside of that, this takes them from the worst team as far as centers are in the NBA to one of the best. Mm-hmm. So their, their lack of depth is scary because Kevin Looney obviously is a sparingly used center in ideal circumstances. There's already talks of them you know, grabbing Rolo after we uh, relinquish uh, his rights and mm-hmm. buy him out, uh, which great for them. But you know, it, it's just one of those things where he's just so... Freaking talented. That's the mm-hmm. thing with like you're looking at their lineups with the five main combos with like per hundred processions. Yeah. Um, their best ones like where actually get a ton of minutes are the ones with centers, either either Kevin Looney or Damon Jones when yeah. he was uh, healthy. Yeah. Um, obviously Torres Peck and he's out. So I just wonder, although you're adding a center into Marcus Cousins and he might not be to his full health, how much will he truly help this offense? Because those are not guys that are like DeMarcus Cousins. They are just bigs. They're out True. there. They're traditional. To, yeah, they're traditional bigs. They're out there to rim protect. They're out there to you know set pick and rolls. They're out there, there to be big bodies. They are not DeMarcus Cousins who's used to putting up near 30 points per game. They're not up there you know, seeing a 27% usage. So that's why I'm asking, will it be positive or negative? Because obviously you're adding talent, which is always good. It's always going to be able to take pressure off of players. But the Warriors have been such a well-run and oiled machine that Boogie can be that guy that can totally throw a cog into this. <laughs> so my thought... What? Him controversy? No. My thought, maybe this is crazy, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is fully true because I haven't yeah. looked up in, into the rules yet. Sure. What if they just try to rush him back, try to show him off as much as possible, and trade him before the trade deadline? Yikes. No. And the reason why I'm saying no to that is... I like what Dave said. Dave mentioned the A word, which usually is a bad thing, but with this team, it's a good thing. Attitude. Ah. He brings that attitude. I really Kevin Durant's you know saltiness doesn't bring it enough. No, but here's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm hoping he comes out and he's basically kind of what Dream on Green used to be. Where he can it's like, spread the technicals out. Yeah, kind of that way. But it's like <laughs> he is the enforcer on this team. You mess with Steph. You're coming through me, and I'm hoping that maybe with him out there, him and Draymond kind of form like the a— They're the Bash Brothers. They're the Bash Brothers. Bash Brothers in the Warriors, and it's like double enforcers. Cause is I, Ron I, Artest still out there? I, I, he technically is. But I got to— I got to get some off my chest. have a spot now with McCall. Just sign Ryan Artest to get— <laughs> I gotta get the like. Goons out there. We, we usually don't. We usually don't talk about the He's Warriors. The G word over there, strong. So I haven't been able to talk about this. I can't stand it when I hear like, "Oh, Kevin Durant's missing shots over here. Draymond Green can't shoot over here." Is this the year the Warriors won't win? No. Let's wait till the playoffs. They're going to get Boogie back, which is not going to be a negative. It's like you could have stopped it. Will it be a positive? Yes, that's the answer to your question. Oh, yes. look, they're adding a fifth All Star. Like, oh my to this God, team. they're See, getting Boogie my, Cousins. My thing is on like, this team. It, yes, it's a fifth All Star, and yes, you know, like I, again, I'm not. I'm just trying to play. No, no, like I, because, because I, I understand mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, in, in 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 the end, if it works out, then you're gonna be we're gonna be talking about one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, because I mean, you have so much talent on this team, but we look at this team. Clay is struggling. Draymond yeah, is just, struggling. They're just backing mm-hmm. off on him, yeah. and maybe that's gonna even help. 
uh, this team even more when DeMarcus comes back because then you have another guy you need to worry about that's going to leave Draymond even more wide open, and maybe that's going to help him gain his confidence even more or maybe try to prove guys wrong, and he'll start hitting shots from the outside, and then there you go. The the offense is kind of back in sync because Clay's missing a ton of shots. He's taken a lot of uh, mid-range shots too, not shooting from the outside as much. It's uncharacteristic, yeah. So I just wonder, like, how will it, like, will it be able to, you know, kind of write the system again? Like, will adding this back in help this offense? And that's how I wonder, you know, what will this offense look like in your mind, Dave, if it's at its peak performance? How will it look like with all five players out there, DeMarcus Cousins, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry out there on the floor at its peak running well? How will it look? I think it's going to be really impressive and it's going to be pass heavy. It's it's kind of like a take back to the older Warriors team that we saw where the ball movement was absolutely key. If there's one coach I trust in this league to utilize five guys like this, it is Steve Kerr. He is creative. He will find the best way to do it. And I think that Draymond is going to get back closer to the median, like to the mean what he used to be. Mm-hmm. He might not be that all NBA defender like you said this year. But I think his his defense will come back because you have another body down low to bang, and that takes a lot of effort out of him when he's going up against bigger guys night in, night out. So I think that defensively, they're going to be fine. Offensively, I look at Boogie to make up for when Steph isn't healthy. Like, they continue with ball movement because he is one of the best handling bigs in the NBA. Yes, his turnover numbers look horrendous because of the ball and because of his usage, but I think that his... Uh, ability to create opportunities for the other guys out there when he sucks guys down into the low post mm-hmm. or when he goes to the top of the key with the ball, they have to respect him. It forces defenses to play differently around him. So when he can do that, other guys are going to get open looks. Like you said, Draymond Green will get open looks. I think I, I, I'm a little concerned with Clay, but like he has that ability. Like he could be shooting 12% from three. Remember One how, game, he's just going to go Remember off how and, crappy he was shooting? And it's like, oh, he had that playoff game yeah, where he went off. He hasn't gone back. I mean, yeah, yeah. He had outside one game of that this game, year where he the Bulls. Like 6% mm-hmm. or something. Well, yeah. No, no, I'm not even saying that. It's like in the playoffs against the Rockets, it's like, wow, they might have Clay's number. And then, boom, he went off. And yeah. it's like, oh, and fire he's playing starter. incredible defense to make up for his lack of shooting. Mm-hmm. But then his shooting came back anyway. So. No, I, I mean, that's the concern for me is Clay Clay needs to be right as far as his three-point shooting, at least be much closer to what he used to be. I think that Boogie changed the way the offensive the offensive system flows because of how much of a threat he is to other teams mm-hmm. and his ability to facilitate. Like, he he's a game-changer on that end. Well, how because he'll the, suck like, people in, then, okay, Clay's open. But how, how much out. of this, how much do you think he'll be able to buy into this? Because, you know, we talk about the big personality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if he is not buying into this, and especially trying to prove himself coming back from injury, if this is his time to be like, all right, I need to be able to prove myself to get money this offseason, how is he going to be able to be like, oh, he's just fit in and he'll, if, be, he'll be working the ball around? If he could buy into it with the Pelicans, who are nowhere near a ring. But he was getting I more usage. He, but I think, he was still getting level usage that he was used to. I think that DeMarcus Cousins, like, if we were talking Sacramento Kings DeMarcus Cousins, I'd be on the same board of like, hey, you know what? I don't think this attitude is going to be good. But from what I saw in New Orleans, in a market that is not like anywhere in California, any sure. of the California teams. Yep. And... It's something where when you add that chance to win a ring for a player who has not won it yet, I think that is going to be enough of a reason for him to buy in on it. And I just I feel like everything with like, oh, the Warriors are so bad right now. It's the worst that we've seen this team. A, it's hard to three-peat. Two, this has probably been the only year where I would say the talent around the league is a little bit 
easy, like not There's easier, but a little bit better, a little bit more parody than we've seen in the past. And this is the most we've seen this team struggle to where they're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. Boogie's going to help them win games. And then they're going to cruise through the playoffs, and we're going to look back and go, man, remember in December when we thought they were in trouble? And then we'll laugh at ourselves. I think the the thing to keep in mind is winning makes people happier. And like Ricky said, Sacramento, he was he was pissed because they just weren't winning. They mm-hmm. were unable to build talent around him. He went to New Orleans. They showed they loved him. They showed they gave they gave a shit about him again. And he was happy because he was winning. Like you said, he was the center of their offense. Like He was taking over because AD was, on, was not healthy at that point in time. We barely got to see them play together. It was basically like a handoff of, oh, AD's back and Boogie's gone. Mm-hmm. But I think that him going to a winning culture like the Warriors, where his role isn't going to be as big, and you said it, is he going to be trying to play for that contract? Do you think he's going to try to be balling out? I think that's going to be okay because there are going to be certain nights where he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the go-to guy. They're very much whoever's hot is going to mm-hmm. run this team, and I love that because we watched when uh, Steph and Clay struggled in the playoffs. And they're like, oh, we'll just give the ball to Kevin tonight. Like, we'll just let, let yeah. Kevin run ISO and just win us a game. Like, they have that ability to just flip up and be like, uh, which one do we want to go to tonight? This one. Let's let's give you the ball and let you run the offense. Like, Steve Kerr is going to let this team run the way they want to run, which is wonderful because he's like the ultimate players coach when he's out there. But I don't think that we're going to see too many problems. The only thing that I think is going to be concerning is his attitude when it comes to his own teammates. I think that he is more likely to get into a fight with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green <laughs> than anybody else. Like he, like we, we joke about uh, Draymond and KD, uh, KD. KD yelling at each other, screaming at each other. You can mm-hmm. see it on the sidelines. They don't, they don't always get along so great. And I, maybe we're blowing too much out of this, but it's enough that we've seen it publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Boogie easily could be in that same room. So having another explosive personality like that. But to Demarcus's credit. We didn't see that at all in New Orleans. He was nothing but a good locker room presence. Um, Correct. And then, you know, so far through the Warriors, who was breaking up that fight, like, publicly on the state of the It was. It was yeah. DeMarcus. So I, I think that maybe we might be blowing that up too much. And most of DeMarcus's I'm just saying, things big to look things, out for. But most of DeMarcus's big fights have just been with the coach. Yeah, so if him true. and Steve Kerr are gelling together, <laughs> yeah. might be fine. That's true. Um, I just, again, I just worry about... The way that Clay's been performing, it's been like six games. He hasn't been over 20 points per game, or, or 20 points at all uh, in those yeah. games. I think his most he scored was 16, which is very worrisome for a scorer like Clay Thompson. You look at Draymond Green, again, his inability to work offensively is going to damage this team because it's going to hurt ball movement. Because, again, who is he going to pass it to if they're mm-hmm. going to be you know expecting a pass because Draymond's not going to shoot and he's not dangerous to score at all. So that's going to take away his uh, inability. Maybe adding DeMarcus will help them regain their confidence and obviously, if you know Clay and Draymond are regaining their confidence, this team is going to be dangerous. But what if in the playoffs they don't find their confidence, or well, they start losing their confidence? It's, the confidence starts wavering. Do you think this is the most susceptible the Warriors have been in the past three years? Yes and no. I'm going to say yes because obviously this is the most losses with the KD Warriors. That they've had up to this point, they but do had lo- seven. But do losses, re- but do losses reflect the true well, like nature of this? And team? that's where I'm going to go with is this is the most losses they've had up to this point. Last year they were at seven, which was the most. Last year was the most losses they've ever had with Katie out of the two that we've seen. And I'm going to say no to your second question what do you because mean, what do you mean seven? They had up until this they point had seven and. At the December 27th mark, they okay. had seven losses. Okay. They finished the year at 24, which was the most that they've ever had 
with Katie. Yeah, I know it was only two seasons, but it was the most that they ever had. Now I feel like, to answer your second one, this is the most scrutinized team in the NBA where they are so perfect that we have to find things like this to nitpick them with. And the thing that I'm going to go back to what you said, you mentioned earlier how their best lineups were ones that had a center in it. The reason why is when the center is playing well for them, that can collapse guys into the paint, open up their shooters on the outside, kick it out. And like Dave said, what does Boogie do well? He can pass the ball. You pass it into Boogie, like Steph drives, passes it to Boogie. Boogie can then make kind of like a, I'm thinking football now, like an audible decision or like or like a read option decision. Do I go up with it or has everyone collapsed? Oh, shoot, Clay's open in the corner. I'm going to dish it off to Clay, and then Clay might be able to make that shot because everybody has collapsed. And not just Steph, who has drive, drove into the lane, but also DeMarcus Cousins because you cannot anymore with the Warriors be like, hey, we don't have to respect their five. No, you have to respect their five once Boogie's out there. I I agree with that. And if he's coming back healthy, which, again, we really mm-hmm. haven't touched upon too much. I mean, Dave has mentioned uh, Elton Brand is really the only person that took this long to come back. And, you know, again, no one comes back to the same player that they were. But let's be and there honest. haven't been a ton of footage of what Boogie has looked like. Um, one of them, he was not looking extremely crisp. It was the, I think, the first dunk I saw him throw down. Yeah, it was kind of like run like a gazelle, <laughs> super awkward. But again, we don't know fully if he was just, yeah, you know, goofing around. Uh, and then obviously we saw the the Katie stuff, and that was just in practice, so we can't really take in too much of it. But I think there is some reason to worry because you look back at 2016, 2017, uh, they were first in points per game, they were first in offensive rating. Then last year they were first in points per game, they were third in offensive rating. This year, they're fourth in points per game, and then they're first in offensive rating. But you look at the defensive side, and that's where it's really starting to hurt them. 11th in opponents' uh, points per game in 2016-2017, and then uh, second in defensive rating. Last year, they were uh, 18th in opponent points per game and 11th in defensive rating. Now they are at uh, 16th in defensive rating, so bottom of the league. This is the first time they've ever been bottom of the league of, in defensive rating. And then 22nd in opponents' points per game. So yeah. they are not the same defensive team they are, and we're not talking about DeMarcus Cousins as the staunch defender no, in any so way. He's not a guy that shows hustle on that side. So, yes, the offense might get better, and it, you know, it might be that mindset of we just mm-hmm. need to outscore our opponents, which obviously makes sense. That's how you win games. But uh, <laughs> you're just going to you know, not play defense. You're just going to try to outscore them. Um, I do worry, though, when it comes to the playoffs and you're going up against a team like maybe the Rockets, um, if they're able to you know, fully right the ship and Chris Paul's healthy, maybe they will be able to give you t- struggles defensively. Maybe you go up against a team that, you know, like the Lakers, who play great defense, will give you those struggles. They just kicked your ass on Christmas Day. I think there is a ton of susceptibility on this Warrior team and probably the most we've seen in the KD era just because of their inability to play high-level defense stemming from uh, Draymond's struggles this year, stemming from Steph's injuries, stemming from... Clay's just lack of confidence, and now adding DeMarcus, who isn't like a great rim protector, who isn't a full effort guy defensively. Yeah. I think this might add to something where you might get too rich, where maybe less is more with the Warriors, and maybe you just need to realize that, hey, you know, Jonas Rebko's definitely not as good as DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> but he does add something that is just necessary, and that's, you know, again, adding ball movement that we have seen before um, with the, the, the Warriors to work. But he's not, you know, overpowering a team. And I think DeMarcus might walk that fine line of he might overpower the Warriors in some ways where, again, it might make them, you know, it might 
reveal more uh, chips in the armor. Yeah, I completely agree that they have struggled, and I think that he does not fix it. Boogie coming back does not fix that. But at the end of the day, like this team's enemy is just their own health. Like if they can't stay healthy, they're not going to win a championship. I'll just say that because Steph's. If you look at you mentioned all their numbers this year, much worse than the past. But you look at the games played for everybody, and like Steph has been consistently injured throughout his entire career. Like that was a known going in, and it, he's kind of been true to that. Uh, Clay healthy but underperforming, and and you're getting Draymond on and off again. Like I think their their biggest enemy is just if they can stay healthy, they're going to be able to contend for a championship again easily. But if they're losing, if they're losing one of their guys out there, like it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Like Draymond's played, let's see, twenty two compared to the thirty six that like Durant's played, yeah. and Steph twenty five compared to that thirty six. Right. So I, I just they, their only enemy really is health. All right. Well, outside of that, like who is their true enemy team wise? Uh, either in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, who poses the biggest threat outside of themselves? Uh, to to the Warriors this year in the NBA. When health is a hundred percent, I'm saying the Lakers. The reason why you got LeBron who knows this team, you got Luke Walton who knows this team. It's like having an enemy on the other side. And the Christmas Day match, as much as I want to say it's nothing that the regular season, oh, in the playoffs, it'd be different. That series would be one that I'd really like to see LeBron and Luke Walton's Lakers going up against. These Warriors. And you're not too far away from seeing it right now. Warriors mm-hmm. at three, Lakers at seven. So well, obviously, even it's, if the, obviously it's way too early in the season <laughs> to say anything. But and I'm already are, looking that close. way, Sean, because then if the Warriors beat the Rockets, who they would play if the playoffs started today, who could they play in the next round? The Lakers. Well, also, I mean, like they're pretty much tied. Yeah, uh, the OKC the and Golden Thunder. State. Yeah, 22 and 12, and the 23 and uh, 13, both uh, a game and a half back of the Nuggets. Um, Dave, who poses the biggest threat, either in the Eastern Conference I, or, or, or I mean, uh, Western Conference? At home in the West, I'm looking at OKC again. I, I'm still riding high on their defense; is just ridiculous. So if there's a team to shut them down, give me give me OKC. Their defense is amazing. Uh, Westbrook's Westbrook and Paul George like together, they they found it right now, and they're running with it. Their young guys are giving them enough energy off the bench, so I like them uh, overall. I still lean Rocket or not Rockets, uh, Raptors. Which is weird because I'm not even 100% that they're going to make it out of the East for some reason because I think that Celtics are going to figure their shit out at some point this year. And the Raptors but have proven that they're a regular season team. The Ra- Yeah, but the difference is Kawhi Leonard's a straight-up closer. Like, that man is just—he's a—to uh, to Stephen A. Smith, he's a bad man. <laughs> like, watching that Raptors team—and again, he's playing at his own will right now. It's basically, like, uh, there's a back-to-back way. I'm going to pass. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to keep myself healthy, make sure general soreness, yes. Uh, But when they are clicking, holy crap, that team. Defense, depth, offense from everywhere out there. Pascal Siakam's growth. And we haven't even seen like OG Ananubi hit back to that level that he played at last year where he was a sniper from the corner. So I look at that Raptors team and I'm just like, that's a complete team right there. That They can go up against anybody and pose a solid threat. I feel like if you're going to go the Stephen A, you got to go full into it and go, Max. Bruh, that dude is a bad man. You gotta do it just like Steve. Right. If you're gonna lean into it like that, as much as, as I'd Sean love to rolls see the, his eyes. as much as I'd love to see the Denver Nuggets, uh, they're gonna get probably their ass kicked if they play them in the in the, <laughs> in the playoffs this year. Um, I think they need a little bit more growth. Uh, but what if I, they have a holy an entire healthy Denver Nuggets team? Something we haven't seen. I still think they get their ass kicked oh, okay. because you you look at what the Golden State Warriors offense is, and it's built so much on switching. And if you're using Steph and DeMarcus Cousins in switches, 
um, and you're attacking Nikola Jokic, you're either putting Steph on Jokic, which Steph will cook him, or yeah. you're putting you know Jokic trailing back to the basket and using Demarcus Cousins' strength, where we know that Jokic isn't a good rim protector, yeah. um, and, and he's he's good defensively in some ways. Like yep. he's very good at you know reading defenses. He's good at jumping lanes. Um, he's you know decent with positioning. Um, but he's not aggressive enough defensively where DeMarcus will attack him and will bully him, and we've seen that before with guys like AD uh, taking advantage of Jokic. I think it's, it's too much of a flaw right now, although they have been much better defensively. Uh, I think the biggest threat, though, yep. isn't the Raptors. I don't think it's Lakers. I think OKC's up there because of their ability to play defense, yeah. um, but I think the biggest team would probably be the Bucks, just because of Whoa. their ability to move the ball. Uh, this team has been fantastic this year. We've seen them at their peak. They can move the ball like no other team can. They can attack like no other team can with Giannis Antetokounmpo. No one can take a game over more like Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Eastern Conference. I'd say he takes. He's probably better at taking a game over Continue. in the Eastern Conference than Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. Um, probably fourth most dangerous offensive player outside of KD, Steph, and LeBron when hot. I don't think that's something to disagree with, right? I, I think I, I think Giannis would is probably the fourth. He's predictable. He, he has no outside shot. Then why like, has no one stopped him? stopped him. They've slowed him down. But I'm, I'm just saying in the playoffs, who saved his ass last year? Chris Middleton. And Chris who's Middleton, playing really and who's, poorly right now? Chris Middleton. And who's also playing really poorly? poorly? Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Yeah. It's not like the Warriors are good right now. No, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't I don't think that Giannis... It, I mean, yes, he's unstoppable when he's driving to the lane because it takes him three steps from half court. But, like... I Six. Three. <laughs> we saw it on Christmas Day. It was six. Six and one dribble. Uh, wouldn't that be a travel at some point? No, because it was like gather step, one two <laughs> dribble, gather step, one two dribble. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I think Kawhi is more dangerous than him because everything that Oof. Uh, everything that uh, Giannis can do, Kawhi can do plus shooting from the outside. Mm-hmm. Like they're both monsters defensively. They can both drive to lane. Giannis has the advantage in in the zero to three foot range, a hundred percent, because mm-hmm. he can close that distance like nothing and slam. But there's just something about Kawhi Leonard, and it's just like he's he's got well, it all. He's a complete package of shooting. He is fearless. I don't know. I'm taking him. And over if you're, if you're saying if you're telling me a guy is averaging you know shooting sixty percent from the field because he's driving the whole time, time, yeah. Um, I don't know who can stop him. Well, like who's gonna last, who's gonna go up and block Giannis Antetokounmpo? Outside well, I of just Noah think Vonley. back to last year <laughs> when when you talk about the Giannis stopper and you mentioned Noah Vonley's name and then they go, all right, well, it was a joke. I, I know he I put know. up thirty four on that. But, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah, who's putting up near sixty percent shooting, yeah. six assists? 26 and a half points per game. Last year, we watched the Celtics that kind of expose him, and they did the same thing to Ben Simmons when they're like, oh, your entire game is driving to the lane? We're going to stop you from doing that. We're going to slow you down heavily. Maybe not stop, but we're, we're going to take away your number one option and make you beat us somehow well, else. And, that, and that's what I was going to say of, like, with the Celtics. Yeah. That was a team also where it was like, oh, without Kyrie, without uh, Gordon Hayward, oh, Giannis should be able to shine against this team of rookies. And then, yes, I know they played up to it, but... Who won? Who won that series in seven games? It was not it was the Bucks. Series. And now it's like if you're giving okay. a team Kawhi, but I might is, agree with Dave and lean towards Kawhi. This is another year of Giannis being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Giannis is only getting better. He's, he's gotten better. Last Somehow. year, again, you know, got better. He had twenty five point seven shooting, fifty seven percent from the field, six point three assists, only two point four turnovers. Yeah, uh, you know, block a uh, block a game. I'm not a trying to disrespect the man. I'm like, just saying that he had he leaned heavily on Chris Mid because they forced him to, and now yeah, Chris but, Mid's playing worse. Well, Bledsoe's think, playing better. I still don't know that that team. But everyone has their ups and downs, and we can't yeah. say right now in 
date, fair, December fair. going into January, that Chris, Chris Middleton's not going to be good in the playoffs. That's fair. Um, and I think one thing, too, again, I think if we're talking about the most dangerous threat, they're dangerous defensively. They can create turnovers. And we're talking about this Warriors team that they have gotten more progressively worse yeah. over the past three years defensively. So although Giannis might be able to stop, be able to be stopped, it's very tough to guard him going to the bucket, and he's shown himself to be a capable passer. Yeah. And we've seen this team, when that ball movement's flowing, they can be one of the best offensive teams in the league alongside of the be- one of the best defensive teams. I think I think if we're talking about just sole threats it's an interesting to the Warriors, horse. I think the, the Bucks probably proved the, the, the greatest threat because we're talking about the Raptors, who outside of Kawhi Leonard, none of them showed up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Kyle Lowry, who's the second-best player, and he's been nothing but a choke artist the past three or four years. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to bash the guy, but it's been the yeah. truth. It's why they traded Demar Derozan for Kawhi Leonard yeah. because those two weren't getting it done in the playoffs. Absolutely. We look at uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron hasn't gotten to be able to get, uh, although he's been playing them, he hasn't been able to get it done. He has one win against him in the playoffs the past two years. Like LeBron yep. is a dangerous player, but yep. we also just talked about last segment that hit the guys around him and Kyle Kuzma. When well, Kyle Kuzma is your most dangerous and too. Brian uh, Brandon Ingram. I was gonna call him Brian Ingram. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Ingram. Like they're not. Extremely dangerous. We don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. It's the first time in the playoffs. The Bucs have been there. They have the most dangerous player, in my mind, in the Eastern Conference. And they can play great defense if they can move the ball. So, I would say the most dangerous. Intriguing. Anyways, it's going to do it for the uh, Warriors talk. Any any final thoughts? No. I said final thoughts like 10 minutes ago. You're going to be dope. I like the (laughs) Eastern Conference talk here at the end. I was just sitting back and listening. A little nice bonus. I just feel like this is going to be a segment that comes and bites me in the ass. Because I was like, oh, Warriors bad. And then it's going to come. I'm not saying they're not going to win. I was going to say, when they go on a roll and lose one game in the playoffs... Well, my yeah. thing is, the entire, I'm just my thing is, I'm not, writing, is, I'm not writing that off. I think that they will definitely still win the finals. <laughs> I just think that maybe if challenge-wise, you think the hardest team will be uh, the Bucks. No, I if, get no, it. That, I get that, it. That, Sean, that, that Sean's bored of seeing the Warriors win, and you would like someone new to win, right? That's oh. a little bit of it. Oh. Okay. It's not at all. Because like, I, I, I could see, I like, think, I think that they are the I best just, team in the. I think they're the best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just have questions about this team. I just don't want to say like, oh, they're the greatest team of all time yeah. uh, right now because so far they haven't proved that they're the greatest team right now. They're not the number one team mm-hmm. in their fucking this, conference. They weren't <laughs> last year. And yes, they came back and and you know still won the title. But we're looking at a team that you know their best player, Steph Curry, is consistently hurt. We look at Kevin Durant not having his best season. Uh, we look at Klay Thompson clearly not having his best season. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green isn't up to par. And we're talking about DeMarcus Cousins being their savior. And he's mm-hmm. coming off an Achilles injury where people are notably you know, known for getting injured. I'm just saying this team might be able to finally be beaten. And I think if the team's going to do yet, it, it might be the Bucs. With all that being said, they're still, what, half game out of first? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, again, I'm not, I mean, say, I'm not saying that they're not the most talented come team in the NBA. On. I'm just saying that, again, they might be the most upset. Susceptible they've ever been. That's fair. I'm going to stop using that word because I can't say it. Susceptible. Right. But let's move into our favorite weekly topic. We are talking about the dampest of dudes, the moistest of men's, the soggiest of shooters. We are talking about the wettest of boys. If you don't know what a wet boy is, these are the guys that absolutely went off over the past week, had historic performances, had you know impressive numbers, uh, you know did something very spectacular, uh, warmed our hearts in some cases. Uh, these are our wet boys. We do have a counter. Last year, our wet boy of the year was LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And I think we might have a new leader or at least a new tie. We've got uh, two new ties. A, a two, two new ties uh, at the top. Ricky, tell us about that tie. No, well, mine is the first of those to be tied, and that is uh, Derrick Rose. Uh, popped off this week, uh, mainly getting the MVP chance from the so hometown cool. Chicago crowd, Bunch as I'm going to call it, because nah. uh, 
No, Derrick Rose is from our city. We love our guys. We love our homegrown, even though he's not with us anymore. We're trying to convince him to come back. I can't wait until we get a uh, hometown discount next year for Derrick Rose to come back and play some point guard for <laughs> yeah, us. Right. But twenty, almost 25 points this week, eight assists, rounded up to nine, shooting ridiculously from the field at 48%. Dude popped off. Dude deserves a wet boy and is now tied with AD at the top. Dave... And I, there, I'm not trying to bash you. Yep. Mm-hmm. How much of this was just the fact that you loved De- Derrick Rose? And it was either him game? or Zach. That was my. So was, that was, was my. What about Devin Booker? Mm. He put up 30 mm. and 10. Mm. Devin Booker played over really four good. games. Really, really good. Luca with that crazy shot oh outside of the, the one. Back I hate. Game I gave. Luke, I, I'm the only one to give Luca love on Wet Boys. Just, just saying. Yeah, but I'm I the didn't only. Give, I didn't give him love because we already took the two best players. There was two clear ones that yeah. Dave and I picked. Um, this is when you had to go away from it. Yeah. I think D Rose was a homer pick. A hundred percent. Well, I like D Rose. He's allowed to do it. You like I'm, D Rose, but I mean, let's, like I feel I'll, like this. I if will, he wins, what well, I will the year, also he's a, be. He's a sham. I will also be um, honest too. What kind of leaned into it about fifteen percent is was the it guy. The picture? No, no, no. The guy that Dave picked would be tied with AD also, and I couldn't let him be the only one tied with AD. I just couldn't do it, so I had to have someone serious. else. That was about 10%. He's gaming the system, man. But really, Jesus like, Christ. I mean, Derrick Rose did have a good week, and I want to give him love because he my boy and he my wet boy. Let's talk about guys who actually deserve it. I feel bad for Giannis. Giannis <laughs> puts up <laughs> stupid numbers. We're yeah. like, oh, D-Rose. Have you given D-Rose two of them? Because I think Dave gave him one. Well, he's now got three. Yeah, yeah I, I gave him know. one. You gave him one? I, I think did. I gave him one. Anyways, Dave, I think you've been giving this guy all of his love, but it's, I, it's been I warranted. Gave, I gave him one last week. All right, it's been warranted. It's well, well deserved. James Harden, uh, the beard, man, he is turning up a notch. Everybody's like, well, Chris Paul's hurt, this team's struggling, and James Harden's like, bro, I'll see you to the free throw line. Like 11 free throw attempts a game this week, uh, putting up 42 points, seven assists, four boards, 40-40 shooting splits. Can't complain about that at all. I just, he has been a monster for this Rockets team. They're 3 0 this week, or in the past seven days. Yeah, that's a week. I'm, I'm good at math. Good job. Uh, but no, like, he's just, you might not like the way he plays basketball, but you can no longer deny the fact that he is one of the best scorers we've ever seen in the NBA. Like, I'm talking top 10 score in the NBA history. Like, he is. Really? Yeah. Can you think of a guy, like, who. Gets as many buckets as he does. We were talking about last year's MVP. The runner-up to MVP the year before. The runner-up to MVP the year before that. The runner-up to MVP the year before that. Like, give him some credit. I know people literally call him Hitler. Like, they don't <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, that's Reddit. Like, It's way too harsh. That's what it is. Uh, like, people don't like the game because it slows the game down. But because of him getting to the line, he forces players to play differently because he gets them in foul trouble. He forces situations that are lose-lose on other teams' defenses. And now that Capello's back and playing healthy... Oh my God! That rocket team is steamrolling. I love it. You think he's one of the top ten greatest scorers of all time? Yeah. Michael Jordan. Yep. Kevin Durant. Yep. LeBron James. Yep. Kareem. Yep. Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Wilt. Kevin Durant. You already said Kevin Durant once. I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Wilt. Yep. Um. AI. Yep. So would you? Who? Anyone else you want to throw out there for sure? Hmm. Let me think. Um, I mean, you can toss out the mailman if you want. Like I just disrespect yeah, but he him wasn't a scorer. He was yeah. more of a. I mean, he put he was he was longevity. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like one of the best point guards that was yep. distributing at a time. Helped him a lot. I would I would say that James Harden's a more dangerous scorer than Carmelo. Yeah, I, I didn't I watch him because Bird? you said Levon, Le, you said LeBron already, right? Yeah, he did. yeah. What about Magic? Did you say Magic, Magic? wasn't Magic a great scorer? Okay, 
Not to James Harden's level. No. I mean, Harden's had so many games over 40, it's not even funny. Bird? No. He's on a different level. So That's what I'm saying. He's a top 10 all-time scorer. And, like, the argument's there for him getting into the top five range if he continues what he's been doing as of late. So I just think from a number standpoint, he's just, like, people disrespect him because they hate the way he plays. Yeah, I don't like watching him play. I'm I'm not saying that he's not a great player. I I do not like watching him I've never sworn more at my TV or friends around me when he plays (laughs) than watching James Harden play because you're like, Oh my God! He's he so dirty. Yeah. He's grabbing people's arms. He's flailing. He's flopping. It doesn't matter. But he gets his points, and you catch. You have to respect it. Yeah, respect. I mean, the thing is, even though I don't like him play, I mean, it's not even like he's not always scoring dirtily. Um, no, like so. I mean, that's he's he's. I mean, what he's been doing recently has been extremely impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you already talked about the forty-two or forty-one he put up. Um, right now he's averaging 32, which is going to be the longest uh, or the highest points per game uh, if he keeps it up in, in a very long he's time. He's on a Kobe-esque so. run of just ridiculously high-scoring games. Would you put Dirk on the list? Dirk's longevity. He was never someone who put up 30-plus a when year it, when for it comes, four years. These are the, Strict scoring, right. yeah. I would say Dirk's a better player, but I would say... Because these are the total Harden. points. Top. I'll do top 10 as of this would have been the 19th of this year, December 19th. You've got Kareem at 1, Carl yep. at 2, um, the Mamba at three, yeah. the Goat at four, the LeBron the James King. at five, the King, thank you, um, Wilt Chamberlain at six, Dirk at seven, Shaq at eight, Moses Malone at nine, Alvin Hayes at ten, and then Hakeem and Oscar at 11 and 12. D-Wade. And Dominique at 13. Would you put him up above Oh, he's, he's a better scorer than D-Wade. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Even Prime D-Wade. I, I remember Prime D-Wade in like 06. 08, 09, he had his highest What about 30. Allen Iverson? Like, and I even think that he's he's in the same realm as AI. Like, there's an argument to be made for a Reggie, couple of those guys. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller's overrated. No, no. Paul Pierce. I don't think he's no. a way better score than Paul Pierce. I don't Pierce. think Reggie Miller even had a fucking season over 25. I don't think he did. I think his best season was like 24. But um, no, I just think that hit them threes though. It doesn't matter. He's overrated. He's overrated. His highest was 21. Jesus. No, I'm sorry, 24. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, Reggie I Miller was, was a good player. Yeah. He's a good player, but. He, he yeah, but he's, like, he's overrated. He'd be like Clay Thompson today. Like, Clay Thompson's a much mm, right? a little bit be higher than Clay Thompson. Really? Clay might be better. I, that's what I'm, I think Clay might be better than him as a player. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll compare. Oh, I can compare Reggie Miller. Keep talking. Uh, <laughs> I can, let's compare <laughs> on basketball reference. All right, get results. But, uh, yeah, no, I just think that, like, he gets so much more hate than it's garnered, and what he's done in the past four years is pretty unprecedented. So, I, I just... I think the disrespect is over the top. I think a lot of players want to hate him because of the way he plays. And like I said, he's he's dirty at times. But when your last four years are 29, 29, 30, and right now 32 on this year, come on. He just... I, I literally haven't seen anyone score like him since Kobe. Reggie's obviously played uh, more longer, so he had a uh, you know, shorter span. But uh, Reggie uh, averaged 18 a game, Clay 19 a game. Uh, Clay shot for 41% from three throughout his career. Reggie shot 39, and uh, Clay has more attempts. Uh, Reggie shot better from the field, 47, compared to Clay's 56. Uh, Clay was taking more shots, though. Uh, Reggie had more assists, three a game, compared to 2.3. Uh, Reggie looks has better defensive stats. Yeah, um, Reggie that's surprising, sh- actually. Free throw shooter from the line. Uh, 1.1 steal compared to 0.9 steals, and then uh, I Clay has like actually more blocks. stats for that. So actually, that's along the lines. Uh, advanced. Um, I mean, you truly can't know. Clay has a higher usage. Yeah. 
What were we talking about? I was just saying, like, advanced stats kind of suck for when we're comparing between eras, too, because uh, hand-checking yeah. was a key part of Reggie Miller's uh, toolkit. Per 100 possessions, Reggie, 121 offensive rating uh, and 109 defensive rating, and Clay 108 offensive rating compared to 108 defensive rating. So, yeah. I don't know. Reggie's good, I, but I, I still think... I'm not the person to talk about it because I was not in Reggie Miller's, Miller's uh, era. But yeah. anyways... Uh, I was in this guy's era, and maybe he does have an argument if he was a little bit more healthy to be one of the best scorers. Oh. Uh, because I think he hasn't had health. He was playing with LeBron James. Oh. Kyrie Irving, 29 points per game this past week, 6-6, six, six, 6 boards, 57% from the field, 50% from three. Had a fuck you three <laughs> in did. that Philadelphia really 76ers did. OT thing. Uh, I think it was off a steal or off a, a rebound. Uh, something happened, comes up the court on the right side and just fires up a three. They were up, I think, maybe one. And he does not waste any time, pulls up a three, sinks it, put up 40 on Christmas, and then followed it up uh, with the game before with 25 uh, and the game following and a loss against Houston uh, with 23. Um, Kyrie, when Kyrie's on, Kyrie's healthy, is absolutely fun to watch. And the one thing, too, uh, there's something about D. Rose on Reddit saying, like, D. Rose is one of those guys that, you know, he's always trying to look for contact but doesn't get a ton of foul calls. Yeah. Doesn't go to the line a ton. Kyrie's the same way. I looked this up. I'm not counting this free throw because mm-hmm. um, it was a technical foul. Yeah. Or it was a like a three-second thing. Oh, so he didn't yeah. get fouled and went to the line or he wasn't sh- in the act of shooting. Uh, so I'm not counting it. But there was only six players ever to take 33 or more attempts, uh, shot attempts in a game and not go to the line. Ah. Kyrie was one of them on Christmas. Uh, it was Hakeem. Uh, in 97, he had 40 attempts and at 48 <laughs> points, did not go to the line. Rick Barry in 75 had 34 attempts, put up 34 points, did not go to the line. Uh, Cassie Russell, uh, 35 attempts, uh, had 34 points, did not go to the line. D-Rose um, in 2015, 33 attempts, 30 points. Gilbert Arenas, 2005, 35 attempts and 27 Gil. points. Uh, Kyrie, 33 attempts and no uh, no shooting fouls. Um, so something very impressive uh, that he did. Yeah. He became the sixth player with Derek Rose attempts. just falls awkwardly all the damn time. So, like, refs just don't give him the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know you can't stand up on your own, man. Anyways, uh, Kyrie, uh, picking up the slack for the yeah. whole Boston team uh, offensively. Uh, let's move into our fantasy updates, though. Fast break, currently sitting at 89 points, fourth, um, comfortably fourth. Um, in fantasy, we are behind Team Grantham with 91 points. Ooh, that's the big close. ballers. With 101.5 and our good old boy uh, Kyle uh, sitting at Phila 076ers at 102 points. Is it uh, weird that now we're like one of the worst teams in rebounds? Like we were so worried about like changed. free throw percentage. Wasn't our rebounds not that bad? Our rebound, we're second we're, in rebounds. Yeah, I say we're 12. Am I we're thinking? 12 of, okay, out of I'm teams. thinking of it the other way. Yeah, no. I'm, yeah. I thought lower number was no. better yeah. for a second. I was thinking no, higher goal number. Score. Higher number is better because then the points are all added up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so right now, field goals we are sitting at fifth. So we are still garbage at free throw percentage. Field goal percentage yeah. we are about middle of the pack. Free throw, yeah, we are still th- uh, bottom three. Uh, Kyle Craig still uh, <laughs> of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. He's bottom at. at uh, he just don't care f- free throw percentage. But yeah, and then Team Craft. At uh, bottom two, and then we're uh, we're sitting at three. Yeah, but like every other rebound assist, it's funny three pointers made he's in first yeah. points. Like he's in third for three pointers made, <laughs> but in second to last for three point percentage. And so they chuck, <laughs> they, they make those shots, but they're chucking well, look at, a look ton at his of team them. and see who's who's he's, who's breaking them. Uh, but uh, uh, three pointers were with fifth. Yeah, three pointers were at fourth. Rebounds were uh, in second. No. Assists were at no, three. Steals were at three. Blocks we are at fifth. 
and Real points cool. we are at uh, fifth as well. Shea, Drew, Fournier, LeBron. Oh, Fournier? Rudy. Yeah. Um, Darren. Darren, Covington, uh, AG, Aaron Gordon. Um, Jarrett Allen, Eric Gordon, Serge. Um, Bogdanovich Bogey. from uh, the Kings. And then Muscala. Mm. That's a solid Bogey. team. Yeah, so I was going to get Bogey a wet boy, too. Um, yeah, I was close after that shot. For that yeah. shot. He didn't have any other great games yeah. outside of that. Yeah, I feel like we have a better team than, uh, well, De'Aaron, I guess. De'Aaron's been a sleeper. Yeah. Gordon's been good. Which team right. just puts up points. So what, yeah. what do we do as of late, Sean? As of late, um, let me go to the transaction uh, co- uh, counter or whatever the fuck it is. Um, yeah, transaction counter. Uh, we have, uh, what the fuck? Where's the transaction stuff? <laughs> Recent activity. All right. Um, so we uh, had JaVale McGee. I dropped him because uh, he was injured. Picked yep. up Dwayne Deadman. Uh, and then Deadman was day-to-day, so I dropped him, picked up Noah Vonley. <laughs> so right now we're rocking out with Noah Vonley. Uh, Robert Williams just did become available, though. I don't know if we're interested or not. He's I don't day-to-day. know if he gets enough minutes. Yeah, he only had 11 and 8 in his last one. Uh, guy ended up picking uh, What's Up Nation. I think it's Jake. Uh, ended up picking up uh, C.D. Osman. G- or G.D. Osman. Jetty. Uh, Jetty Osman, whatever the fucking name is. Uh, Los Siento to uh, Jetty Osman. Uh, no, Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel picked up uh, G.D. G.D.? Chetty. Chetty. Whatever. Sorry, Chetty. Uh, <laughs> that's our thoughts. We, uh, we're we just trying to get healthy. Um, that's the biggest thing with our team. So we're sitting at 89. Uh, haven't dipped, which I'm, I'm pretty proud of. I, honestly, uh, I'm happy. If we can sit in this range, like we're like two points out of third place, and then we get Boogie back in a week or two. Mm-hmm. And Gary Harris will come back at some point. Otto Porter Jr. should come back at some point. Isaiah Thomas at some point will be available. And well, we could drop Otto Porter if we want. Pick up I'm IT. not ready to do that yet. <laughs> IT's not. Uh, I actually don't. Dave, know I'm not ready him. to do that yet. Otto's actually giving us points and stats, even if he's not playing. You know, as automatic as he used to be. Yeah. Uh, right now he's uh, he's. I mean, he's got one and a half steals, which is good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, only 11 points and about one and a half threes per game. So, so far so good though. Hold I'll, steady. I'll say with our team. Yeah, we've gotten much better. We were we were pretty bad uh, to begin the season. Yeah, but, I remember we're in like seventh or eighth, right? Yeah, we could always turn it around. So I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy with our team. That's nice. going to be the uh, fantasy update and for Wet Boys. But let's move into the last topic. We are finally very close to getting out of the Hades that is this room. Uh, <laughs> extremely hot. Notre Dame is playing in about a cool, uh, what, 50 minutes? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to get out and, and see uh, the Fighting Irish most likely lose to the Clemson Tigers. But let's get into uh, some rumors that are happening. Anytime news happens on a podcast, a podcast is talking about a podcast. Yep. So, podcast talking about a podcast. Apparently, Jackie McMullen, McMullen uh, the Jackie great... Mack. Jackie Mack. Jackie the great... Uh, Dave, the website you sent us, I don't know if it's trustworthy. Uh, uh, it's the fair. spun a lot of a lot of uh, scantily clad women's in the uh, in the articles. <laughs> I just uh, sent you an article. It was from a podcast that if you want to, I could have sent you to the podcast itself. Yeah, but, but listening anyways, is so much harder than reading. Sometimes. On a recent episode of the Brian Winhorse The Hoop Collective ESPN yeah. podcast, uh, Jackie Mack discussed the rumors that she has heard. McMullen says, let's say that Kevin Durant wants to come to Boston just for argument's sake. Some GM said to me the other day he gave Boston a visit during his free agency. Uh, when Horsey basically implied they finished second. McMullen, what I've learned, and maybe you guys already knew this, I did not. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are really tight. They worked out together during the offseason. They made a trip. They make a trip every year to an island, the Bahamas, and Jason Tatum was hanging out with them this summer and the summer before. Someone suggested to me, don't sleep on Kevin Durant, take another look at Boston, which I never considered um also with your if you're on the spun.com you could find uh lebron's dm girl heidi hoback 
went as a Laker girl for Halloween. Um, are also the top 50 athletes, wives, and girlfriends. Uh, also the top colleges with hottest coeds and sobriety, uh, sororities. I don't know how to read it. Sobriety. Sean, you do oh, those? you also have the most expensive fantasy bra and Victoria's Secret photos. Sean, you know all those ads are you know from your browsing history? No, they are not. No, because they're all, uh, they're they're all, all their actual stories. He was, he was yeah. thinking. He was no, thinking. it's most recent content. Oh, okay. Yeah. Legit. So it's, like, it's legit content. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the other one's like these two Michigan fans are going viral during Florida game. Uh, anyways, Michigan's uh, rolling. Our Michigan's getting rolled right now. By yeah. The way. Uh, let's jump into the KD Celtic talk after yeah. three minutes. Most Celtic fans probably hate us right now. They, uh, they hate me already. Like I said a whole <laughs> lot of things about the Celtics. We were going to plan about talking about Justice Winslow, but this is obviously more juicy. Um, do you think that there is truth to this rumor? Do you think that there's, there's a, like, not truth. Uh, is because, there smoke where there is fire? Yeah, because Validity. I mean, he said that they finished. Will it happen? Yeah, they, they finished second. So do you think it's it will happen? And if it does happen, uh, we'll get into this. If it does happen, how will it look? So first off, do you think it will happen? Or what are at least the odds of Kevin Durant becoming a Boston Celtic? About 90%. What? Yes. And oh I was thinking about this last night. And today, here, just take take a journey with me, if you may. Um, we've been with this Warrior Durant team for about three years. We know that good things don't last forever. We've already seen, as you said in the last segment before we did Wet Boys, the kind of little bit of weaknesses in the armor of the Warriors. Yeah. Draymond has even come out and said, you're not one of us. Basically, he said, you're not one of us. You're not one of the core. You are an add-on. Your home is not here. So playing with that into it. Also, you got to think of the landscape right now. Mm-hmm. LeBron, used, last time he was making a decision, LeBron was in the East. The East was the kingdom, basically. LeBron's land, as far as the eye could see, Playoffs ran through Cleveland. LeBron touched it, basically. And he wow. didn't want to do that. before that. He goes to Golden State. Now that LeBron's in the West... You've got the Warriors in the West. Mm-hmm. You've got LeBron in the West. Mm-hmm. You've got the Rockets in the West. You've got the Thunders in the West. After the after this free agency, Kawhi Leonard might be in the West, meaning all you have left are a 76er team that can't get it done, a Raptors team that could be without Kawhi, and a Bucks team that we'll see how Giannis does in the playoffs because last year he got bounced in seven by but a rookie he team. Was- Playing phenomenal. I get it. He was, he was really playing good. phenomenally. He's got buttonholes right now. Let's see if that helps. I cannot see a situation where Kevin Durant looks at the East. If and this is also if Kawhi Leonard goes to the West, this helps also. Looks at the 76ers, looks at the Pacers, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Hornets, Heat, Pistons, all these teams, and goes, Yeah, if I go to Boston, we're winning. We're riding right through the East. Get us to the championship and then let LeBron, the Warriors, the Rockets duke each other out to see who gets to play this now new super team in Boston. Dave, what are your thoughts? Boston, KD. I would love it. Uh, personally, I think it would be hilarious to watch that happen. Like Ricky said, basically, it's the old, the old bait and switch. Everybody piles up in the West and all of a sudden, KD's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go join forces with Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum and we're just going to wreck the entire Eastern Conference. And it, it's what... The problem is no one really knows what KD wants because KD's a liar. Uh, KD's a snake. You know, everybody's like, well, he said he wants to get paid money. Well, they can pay him money. This would only be possible via mm-hmm. sign-and-trade deals. So we obviously have which to see. Which they have draft picks. Well, they've got draft picks. They've got Al Horford's contract, which money-wise works out right in the right range. You know, they could move, you know, maybe a uh, Brown and a, and a Rosier, perhaps, mm-hmm. in a sign-and-trade kind of deal. Well, 
Would they be able to move? Oh, if it, so they if it's a sign and trade, trade, they would each sign and trade. Okay. okay. Um, unfortunately, for that one to work, but I think Brown and you know a couple of futures that they've maybe stockpiled for a star might be an interesting move. And then yeah, I, I think a lot could happen, but I would love to absolutely see that team. The problem is I don't know if Kevin Durant actually wants to go to a team with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, obviously they're friends. They're friendly. Yeah. But like I thought the whole KD thing was, oh, KD's gonna go win one on his own, you know, try to be his own man in, in his own market. And obviously right now no, he just wanted to win one. He might just want to win but one. But if if he does go to Boston, I think yeah. he is the guy on that team. Oh yeah. Because I, I mean with Steph, Steph was an MVP before yeah. he was, you know, he's obviously one of the best scorers of our lifetime. And we know how uh, fickle Boston fans are with their point guards. They don't care. They just use them up, <laughs> recycle them out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, but the, the Danny Ainge, I've seen a lot of comments that people in Boston still miss IT. Oh, uh, well, that's, so that's I, and he, yeah. he, he really won their hearts over. He uh, did. King of the Fourth was an awesome Same role. with Rondo, too. So Rondo's a that. pretty big boss. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Boston has a, some badass point guards recently. That's true. Uh, but uh, I think that I wouldn't put the percentage too high on yeah. him going to Boston. And I understand that he finished, you know, or they finished second last mm-hmm. time he was a free agent, but that was also, what, three years ago at this point? Um, it's a different team, same coach, uh, you know, better obviously. Better team. Yeah, better team. But I think it goes to the point that you were saying of, I think that KD wants to be his own guy. And maybe he does go to the East um, because it might be a little bit weaker, um, at least when it comes to star power and star heaviness. Um but I think that there's going to be something that he does want to be the guy, and he wants to be, you know, the guy to save a franchise in some mm-hmm. way because that's what LeBron did, and you know, I could do it without, you know, going back twice. I could do it on my first shot. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing it because it's my hometown. I'm doing it because I just want to, you know, prove that I can take the worst of the worst and win a championship. And mm-hmm. I think that's what he might want to prove. Um, I'm not in Katie's head. I had never talked to Katie. I don't know Katie. This is just what I think. I think that he is very much trying to prove that he is the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that he could do that is do something that LeBron didn't do, not go to a big market, or maybe not a big market, but not to a team that has the second most championships, definitely not the team that has the first most championships mm-hmm. in NBA history. I think you'd look at New York, something that, again, like, you know, they haven't won a championship since 1970. Uh, hell, maybe even Brooklyn, just because they, you know, have not won a championship now in Brooklyn. Um, you look at, you know, another team maybe, I'm just throwing out Chicago just because of the fact, like, this has been a team that hasn't been good since the 90s. Yep. Like, this has been a team that struggled since Michael has left. And, you know, obviously there was a the couple seasons with D. Rose, but they still didn't win at all. Um, maybe he throws a big F U to LeBron and just goes to Cleveland. Um, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I think That'd that— That'd be insane. <laughs> maybe even Charlotte. Like, I don't know where he would go. Obviously money plays yeah. into a huge factor of this. Um but I think that it's more of a thing that, you know, Boston's too big. And maybe Boston, you know, they have Kyrie, they have Jason Tatum, they have Horford, they have Hayward. I just don't know how it would all fit together. It all comes down, Sean, I know you're hate, you're going to hate me for saying this. It all comes down to one thing and one thing alone. How many rings you got in your fingers, man? How many? And Durant, after this year, could have three on his fingers. And by going to Boston, could add, let's say he... Goes there for another if it's three all years. About rings, then why doesn't he just stay in Golden State? Because LeBron's now in the West. You have the if he wins you, a ring this year, have, that means he beats LeBron. But he also, beat LeBron the past two years. Also, why does it matter that LeBron's in the West? This year, we're saying how well, there's a lot of things. Number one, we're saying how this is the most losses we've seen for a Warrior team, and we know good. Like I've said before, good things don't last forever. 
I'd rather get off on a high note, Brett Favre, and hey, I'm gonna I want to leave after winning a championship. Kind of like what he didn't was not able to do what he wanted to do. That's what everyone wants to do. I leave this Warrior team John on Elway. a high note, John Elway. Leave this team on the high note, and the Lakers are just going to get better. So why would I stay in the West, have to compete with you before I even get to the finals, when I can go over to an Eastern Conference that is ripe for the picking and have an easier shot to get well, more rings? And that's I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think if he wins more rings, people are going to see him better than LeBron James, and I don't think they should. Because rings don't well, I'm not mean even everything. Saying better than LeBron, I'm just saying like winning rings is on your legacy. Winning rings is very important. Well, and that's why I think he wants to go to a place that hasn't had that luxury before, because it's proving something that has not been done before. People have Golden State won a ring before Kevin Durant went there. Mm-hmm. No one, everyone called him a snake because he didn't. He took the easy way to getting a ring. People don't see him as having a legit ring in ways. You know, some people do. Um, I would say, I think, you know, that he kind of wore that off because of performance in the finals. Um, but that's why I always thought Toronto was a possibility because if Kawhi leaves, they need a star. And if Kawhi leaves, you can prove, Hey, I'm better than a top five player. I'm doing what Kawhi wasn't able to do, what DeMar wasn't able to do. Something that has never been able, you know, done before in Toronto and bring them a ring. And this is still going to be a good team. If Kawhi leaves, you still have mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. You have you're growing Pascal Siakam. You have a young team uh, around that 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 whole nucleus. I think there's a possibility that if Kawhi leaves and that opportunity opens up, that Toronto might end up being a more interesting place for Kevin Durant than Boston. Be like the Just first time in history anyone would choose to go to Toronto. Though. Yeah, or choose to exactly. So that's something that, like, he's doing something that's never been done before. It's not going to happen, though. You don't go from living in L.A. to choosing Toronto. San, San Francisco. San Francisco. California. I, he has a home in L.A., though. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, that's the thing. Is I just... People well, they've all got homes in L.A. They all have homes in L.A. <laughs> Even Anthony Davis. They have wink, a wink, wink, no, no, no. of money. Uh, but, yeah, you don't choose Toronto usually. And that's why they've struggled. And that's why they've made the trade to get, you know, mm-hmm. Kawhi there. Try to win him over before he goes. Um, I don't know. I just think that... The star power that Boston provides, you know, it's not the number one market in the USA, but it's not that far behind. It's still the most mm-hmm. relevant sports team in NBA standards the city behind of the Lakers. So right there, you've got the history. You've got, you know, playing with Kyrie, your buddy, playing with Jason Tatum, your buddy. Yeah. And you've got the ability to walk into the West, to the Eastern Conference Finals, basically. It's up for grabs. It, it's in your hands because you now have the star power. And if they could, you know, get anybody else healthy uh, looking at you, Hayward, uh, you know, maybe maybe they can make something real interesting happen. Real quick though, then what's the difference between Boston and Toronto city wise? That's going to be that much of an effect. I think that uh, both East Coast, both cold as fuck, especially in the winter. Boston's warmer than Toronto though. They're they're a bit further south. I know, but like when you're talking about Canada, Boston's still going to get pounded with a ton of snowstorms. Taxes different for Canada. Everything's I don't think taxes Canada. are going to be that much. Hey, of a that's deal why when you're making this much money. That's why in the NFL, why some people were choosing Jacksonville because of the the tax heights. Yeah, but that's also heights. different because it's not guaranteed money. Yeah, no, every contract's I mean, guaranteed. That the, could in play NBA. into it too. I also, just, KD's not really worried about I, taxes because he got so much money. From he Nike. said he wanted to get paid this offseason, though. Mm-hmm. That was, and again, like I said, his words don't mean anything. Yeah, anymore, but, but that's the thing is like <laughs> a team that might be able to pay him. Is Toronto, mm-hmm. but by, they don't have that. by doing the sign and trade, basically Boston can give him equal max money to what Golden State could mm-hmm. offer if they decide to go that route. If he goes to free agency, then he can't max out his money. 
Mm-hmm. In what way? Uh, just because it would technically still be his uh, bird rights. Yeah. Would carry over because he'd be he signed with OKC. Mm-hmm. You traded mm-hmm. bird rights retained. Bird rights would be retained if you do another sign and trade uh, via like Chris Paul style. Yeah. Oh, so like gotcha. that's why sign and trade is the most dangerous thing. Is Boston okay. could go all in and be like, "Yep, you get our fat stack of cash." And really, the trade that I worked out money wise um, with the trade checker is Horford and Horford, Marcus Smart, and Rosier would be too much money apparently. Um, for the Warriors to take in, it'd probably be Hor- Horford, Scary Terry, and then here, just have some draft. I mean, picks. I think Jalen Brown's got to be moved. He you has think mo- so? He has, he's got the most potential that they're willing to move. Like, Jason Tatum, they're not going to move, period, mm-hmm. unless they're getting Anthony Davis, I'm pretty sure, and even then, that's kind of like a lot of fans are really attached to him. Um, I think Jalen Brown's got way more potential than uh, Terry Rose here. Well, and the one thing, too, that he said on the Chris Haynes thing is yeah. that he didn't want to be... Like recruited, like he was going to go out and find his own place. Which, um, which this was which, the second number two behind the Warriors. But they did, last they time. did try to wine and dine him last time. They brought out Tom Brady. You remember mm-hmm. David like, Ortiz? Yeah, they, they 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 pulled out all the stops for him. Yeah, Horford and Jalen Brown would work too. Yeah, so Horford, Horford and Brown, JB, and picks. and and a handful of those futures. So mm-hmm. they got four picks this year, and I'm sure they could uh, move those picks right on over. But what do you think? Like, if he's saying that, maybe he's just saying that for. You know, attention or whatever. Yeah. Like, what do you What do you think that would play into? Do you think that's even more, you know, relevant for a sign and trade then? That absolutely. He's just, you know, pretty much picking the place he knows where he wants to go. Yeah, I, I think it, it absolutely works right into it. The interesting thing is like the timing of all this coming out. That Jackie Mack, you know, mm-hmm. getting words from a mysterious GM, an in the anonymous league, GM, anonymous GM in the league. It's like, well, Jack, you're from Boston. <laughs> You've got all your hometown connections in Boston. Would anyone be that surprised if, you know, Dang. Danny Ainge was responsible for that uh, comment? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. So I just think that it's interesting timing. And the fact that she's like, you may already know this, but I'm going to just float out there publicly now mm-hmm. and say that, yeah, he, he, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see someone like that end up in uh, Boston. So I think the timing's interesting because we, we're all talking AD market. And then all of a sudden, like... You kind of forget that KD's contract ends at the end of this year, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, they got to do something with all that money well, because Clay will be up, and the following year is Draymond's final year." Mm-hmm. And the and the thing I mentioned to you yesterday when you brought it up to me was, I know this is a storyline I'm throwing out there, yeah, but this would be an epic storyline. Story. Durant goes to the Celtics. Him and Kyrie going to the finals from the Eastern Conference. LeBron builds his super team in the Lakers. They win the West. And we get a finals matchup of LeBron and his new super team Give us the people. against Who's Kyrie the and Kevin Durant. Could be anybody. Any no, names no, no, you no. want. Yeah, like, no, no. You want to drop Kawhi Leonard on that team? You want to drop... Then uh, fine. Kawhi and AD. If the if the contract's okay. worth Kawhi and AD with LeBron versus a Durant and Kyrie Irvin-led Boston team, the story writes itself. LeBron versus Kevin Durant and Kyrie where it's like it would be basically the... Le- LeBron versus KD, but wait, I thought that Kyrie last time was on the side of LeBron. Now he's on the side of Kevin Durant. It just writes itself, Sean. It's a, it's it a, writes it's itself. a great narrative for TV ratings, too, because you get both coasts. You yeah. get both coasts. You well, get the two and you historical get, and franchises. And you get Boston, you get Boston LA right. yet yep. again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's oh, it could be so good. <laughs> it could be so good. We get more you know clips of Magic happen, and Larry. Though? That. That. Yeah. Because also. I think it does. If. if 
If LeBron had Kawhi and AD and they didn't win the finals, LeBron would be taken down to like 10th all time. Yeah. You have three of the top five players in the NBA right there. You, one of them is on the other team, but what also a, like, come what on. What about just AD then? Because the Kawhi thing, I will say, although I think he's leaving the Raptors, you Raptor fans no think to believe that he'll stay, so I'll let you believe he'll stay. Or he could be a Clipper. Or he could be a Clipper. That's where I think he'll end <laughs> up going. He's going to the fucking Clippers. Come on. Hey, man, Clippers could build a team. The Raptors already have a team. Yeah, we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Okay, and if they do well, he's going to stay. Then, yeah, I'll change my tune. So, yeah. I don't Let know. me see how they do in the playoffs, because usually how the, the Clipper, Raptors go... Hey, and playoffs. how the Clippers do in the playoffs? They don't make it. Usually. They don't make it, because they, they choke no in the stars. second round. But they now did they exactly what the Raptors did. They we all Raptors know what, the East. We all, know, the West. we all know what Jerry West does with teams. He builds good teams. I don't know. Um, I just think that... I'm not ready to buy into anything that he's... I, I just want to buy into that he's just going to stay in Golden State. Boom. No, I don't I'm, think so. I, I think don't, everything going on, he gone, he going somewhere. What What's going on? Like, the whole... It all started with the Draymond Green thing. I think there is stuff that we're not seeing in the public to where eventually it's just going to be like, you know what? I spent my time here. I'm leaving. He'll go somewhere else. Boston seems like a great fit because he can continue to win rings. And now I have to go to New York and be like, man... Now I got to recruit people to play here with me where he can just go and play with Kyrie, who he gets along with, and they can just rule the East together. I don't know. It's a lot on the table. I just think that looking at it, they're still going to be able to give him money, Golden State. They're still going to have the ability to win championships because they're still going to be the most talented team with Klay Thompson, with Draymond Green, with Steph Curry, and with Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. on the floor. It's not like they're not going to be you know, next year they're not going to be the best team in the, the league. They still are. So I think that this isn't going to be a narrative that they're not going to go you know, get away from. I think that he's still going to stick with that team. I mean, he seems pretty tied to this Golden State, you know, franchise. He still seems tied to San Francisco and L.A. He's already in the place that he wants to be. Why would he leave? They're already having success. Winning makes people happy. If they win a third ring, I don't see him leaving. Back to what I said at the beginning. <laughs> like, and this is also, you should know this better than anyone, Sean, because you're a Patriot fan, you don't want to hang on to it too long. Nothing lasts forever. What the fuck are you talking about? Nothing lasts, like Bill Belichick, he's a guy where it's like, hey, you're a good player, not going to hang on to you for too long. Yeah, I'm going to get rid of you right at the main opportunity. And you know who is the, the player that didn't get rid of? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady, yeah. And you know why I didn't get rid of him? Because he's, he's really fucking good. Yeah, he no, was I'm really talking about everybody good. else. Kevin Durant's really fucking good. And that's Steph the thing with Kevin. No, no, no. I'm not saying Kevin. both are fucking good. Kevin, I know. I'm just in saying. this situation, Kevin Durant is not the Tom Brady. The winning championships in Golden State, that is. This the, sounds like you think Bob Myers is going to get rid of Kevin Durant. That is the Tom Brady. No, no, no. I'm thinking Kevin Durant wants out because Kevin Durant will be like, hey, you Kevin know what? Kevin Durant's Jimmy G. I could stay here. And we could, like, it's uncertain how long this championship reign is going to go on because there will come a day where the Warriors don't win a championship. And if I'm Kevin Durant, I'd get off that train before that happens rather than, all right, we didn't win, now I'm going to leave because that looks worse. I would say that looks worse than, hey, I just won three championships with you, mutual separation after this year. I I would disagree. Uh, we do have big news that I just want to bring up because I think we're going to have to do mm-hmm. another topic. 
uh, John Wall is having season-ending surgery on his ankle. Oh, so uh, we'll have to talk about that. Uh, so maybe that makes uh, Washington <laughs> a little bit less of a, a desirable yeah, return home for KD. Uh, let's finish this up. Uh, give me your top three teams for KD uh, right now. I'm going to say Boston number one, New York number two, and then number three, the Clippers. Give Dave. me... I'm going Boston one. I'm buying into it. Why not? Why not? Boston <laughs> it's one. It's one person. I don't care. It's Jackie Mack. You respect Jackie what Mack. What else is she broke? Jackie Mack. Name just, one other thing she's, she's old broke. school cool. I don't care. She's <laughs> just cool. cool. You like her. Yeah. She's a reputable source. How? What is she else? What is she broken? What big news is Jackie Mack broken? In the she's got connections, tenure. man. She's, she's got been connects. around the horn. That's the only reason why you know she's her. She's got that connects, though. She's also a really good writer, too. We what just was the don't read because Jackie Mack piece you, were, you read. It was actually like literally last week. Oh, she okay. did an article on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that I think one is one is Boston in my mind because why not? Two is stay at home with the Warriors, and three is the Lakers because why not put KD and LeBron together? It's like hey, I, I already, have the, I already have the same amount of championships as you. You can't pass, you can't me, pass now. me up. <laughs> Golden State. Yep. New York. Toronto. Toronto. I, Fuck it. You keep selling that Toronto narrative. I thought, I thought you were going to say... Fuck it. I had a feeling Sean was going to be like, Golden State. Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way. I was going to say, Golden State Gap. And then <laughs> Golden New York. State. I, I don't know. I just I think it'd be cool to see him on the Raptors. I think I think that one's just... I, I think the biggest thing... You think he's going to go to stay in Golden State. So I don't think it really... It's, it's very likely that he does, but... I just, I just think of the de- greased-up deaf guy from Family Guy. Never gonna happen. You're wasting your time. Do you think it matters if he loses this year? It's never gonna happen. It already happened. Gonna They're already go gonna to be Toronto. winning. Do you think it matters if he loses this year versus if he wins? I think if he yeah. loses, he leaves. You think Lossney's out? Yeah. Because then if this team's not working, then why would he stay? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to... Like, why would I deal with Draymond? Mm-hmm. We're not winning because of it. I think, All right. Um, I think that would be an easy way for him to go. Might be a bad look for him because then, you know, when the going gets tough, then you leave. Um, mm. But I think it'd probably be easier for him to leave uh, rather than, uh, you know, staying after winning. I, I think that if, if they win, they'll probably stay. Okay. Um, that's my thoughts. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the fast break. Do you guys want to do John Wall stuff? We'll do it. We'll piece it in as a different segment. This will be the last okay, one. Okay, so this is going to yeah. be the last one. Yeah, so goodbye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> to the Fast Break Podcast. Uh, again, don't forget to rate us five stars. On iTunes, if you liked, um, we would uh, really appreciate you taking out your time and uh, rating it. Um, it. It means a ton to us. It uh, really helps us grow and be seen by other eyes. So if you do like this, we want to share it um, and uh, rate us on iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. But for Ricky Whitmer, Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.